0: You pass by them in your local grocery store, maybe the mall, maybe it was at a local church carnival. There's something familiar about them. You know who they are, but you just can't quite put your finger on it. They're attractive, but not like movie star attractive, or musician attractive, or TV star attractive, or model attractive, or even social media influencer attractive, or YouTube star attractive. Or, I'm clearly putting you on this male-oriented TV show to give them something to look at in between clips of video games coverage attractive. Or, this reality show is going to test conventional myths found in pop culture in a sort of sciencey way kind of attractive. But, you know, not like TikTok attractive. But, like, sort of attractive. Wait, I get it now. You see them in bright-colored clothing on stage and in bright lights. Sometimes... You see them standing on a street corner and in broad daylight. Yes, you have seen them on TikTok, but only in this sort of dancing in a way that's trendy yet still business appropriate. And awkward. And yes, when your husband or your wife and your kids go to bed and they turn in early, you quietly invite them into your house for your own secret party. Ladies and gentlemen, It's your hometown hot local television news team beat reporters, this week. Oh, nothing good.
1: once again a wonderful (laughs) wonderful intro by the one dave mcdonald Uh, i
2: wasn't sure where what path you were leading us down there but i'm glad we got there we got there we got there yeah
1: so i have a question first and foremost how's everybody doing
2: pretty good pretty good much better now man
1: good good good. two
0: two weeks of uh of antibiotics and whatever cocktail they gave me at the at the doctor's office has finally done the job yeah you're sounding
2: better so we appreciate you yeah,
0: I'm not having to wear a mask around people at this stage, but yeah, much uh, much better now, man.
1: So I have a question for but another second question for you guys. What do Rattlesnakes, People's Champions, Aguilas, Drivers, Legion of Doom, Sunny Days have in common?
2: Mike Tyson? No. I think yeah. the answer he's looking for is WrestleMania 14. Right. Oh!
1: We're talking the most transformative, in my opinion, WrestleMania of all It's pretty
2: important time. one.
1: It's, oh, there, I got a lot. There's
0: a lot to unpack
1: here And, and this, is this, a, yeah, this is WrestleMania. Yeah, there's a really important episode, too, on, on a kind of a, almost a personal level, because now, behind the curtain here, uh, actually, I don't know, Jeff. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Is it Bret Hart?
2: It is Bret Hart. You're
1: a smart man. Okay. Uh, also, my favorite wrestler of all time is Bret Hart. But more importantly, mm. uh, Dave here. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite professional wrestler, sports entertainer of all time?
0: Gilbert.
2: And? That's the second time you've brought up Gilbert on this show. <laughs> Not this episode, but on this show. I mean, period. The, and that's more times I, than anybody's I mean, talked about Gilbert the, in 20 years. Yeah. The fact that he shows up like seven <laughs> months later in the chronological order here of
0: the uh, of the WWE Universe. Um, ladies and gentlemen, is the one, the only... Texas Rattlesnake himself, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Now,
1: the reason I bring this up, and it's really important, is that we've been you know, participating in the show, creating content for you wonderful, sex- sexy, wonderful, beautiful, sensuous listeners. But I'm mm. pretty sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've actually talked about a single Steve Austin match.
2: I don't think we have. Like, like
1: stunning Steve Austin, yes, yeah. WCW, but Stone Cold, I don't think we have, when it's weird that we haven't. We've covered a lot of different wrestling over the last, over a year, but no Steve Austin, so I feel like this is a really This is your
3: moment, oh, man.
1: I'm, I'm so looking forward to listening to Dave really uh, give us his, 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 give Austin his flowers, because I know you want to. You,
0: you know what's really interesting is I, I invested all of my time into the intro. So, uh, <laughs> I actually didn't watch the show at all, guys. <laughs> you, guys all right. really, you guys are really building this up, and and uh, yeah, you're and, like, I,
2: wait, Stone Cold on this card. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> this isn't WrestleMania 11,
0: yeah. This is this is like one of those one of the situations when I was like early in college and I really built myself up. And after yeah. about two and a half minutes, I was just sitting on the bed, just like, I'm sorry,
2: yeah. So, this particular WrestleMania, there's two important things that are it's noted for one, we're going to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin, but two going back to Bret Hart this was the first WrestleMania with no Bret Hart yeah. in a
1: long time yeah yeah in a very long time
2: we did have a heart though yes the yes. hearts were still la- represented the last heart standing yeah. we uh we
0: we did have uh, we did have a little bit of we still had the heart action going on yes. in there so
1: and we're going to get there now obviously with this whole show and i, I call the show transformative you know because this is steve austin's night if there was ever a night uh and this is Fresh off, this is the first, well, I guess you can count the Rumble, which is, we're going to get to that too, but this is one of the, this is the second major pay-per-view after the Montreal Screwjob. Yep. And so the echoes of that night are still kind of lingering, obviously with the the, the angle between uh, Triple H and Owen Hart, but with Shawn Michaels.
2: Ooh. Who is. Shawn Michaels. In his
1: prime at this point. My man was in some shape. Like, he was ready to roll. He was ready to go, right? He was
2: all business, too. But he was injured. He was horribly injured.
1: Uh, and he injured himself at the casket match with The Undertaker at the, uh, the Royal Rumble that pre- that same year. Uh, and I, was I,
0: two months before.
1: Yeah, that match. I I watched that match uh, live. And I remember the spot where he supposedly injured his back. And it didn't look like shit. It didn't look like it should have done anything. Yeah. But now, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole. At least I'm not. You guys can if you want. Whether or not... How severe it was. Because Michaels was known for... Taking his ball and going home. Maybe feigning an injury, knee injury. Maybe not wanting to drop a title to Bret Hart the year previous. And that caused a whole lot of issues, which led us to where we were. Because um, if you think about it, here's the question. If Montreal didn't happen, would Steve Austin have been in the main event? or would have been Brett Because I'm pretty sure it would have been Brett. Brett and Sean. Potentially, at least.
2: Yeah. yeah um, there's definitely opportunity there. Yeah, but... it was
1: missed. It ha- what happened happened. Uh, Michaels was notorious... For you know, if you look back, prior to him coming back and look at his body of work, how I, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I when you get a chance in the audience, do yourself a favor, look at how many times uh, Michaels dropped the title, clean. Not as many times as you think, considering yeah, how many, many belts he's he's held, <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Cause what is one of uh, his notable quotes? I don't lay down for anybody.
3: Well,
0: he only was champion four times, wasn't he? Like, officially? Heavyweight, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is kind of crazy to, to think that when, when you look back on the body of work and you look at the people that have shaped wrestling over the course of the last 20, 25 years, um, and as we've done recently on, a, on previous episodes, just a recent episode on this podcast, I mean, how many, how many Shawn Michaels matches were we talking about when it came to favorite matches of all time? And ones we, like, almost purposefully
2: omitted... Because we didn't want to spend all this time talking about Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Well, there's also, too, if you look at, you know, the history of wrestling. So in the early days, uh, the title didn't change hands very often. Right. Right. And then it changed hands a lot. And then they go through these cycles. So then, you know, in this era, it didn't change very often. And then it started changing. Now we have you know fifteen time champions and stuff. And you're talking about John Cena and right. you know but that generation. Short, and then yeah. and now today, you got Roman. You know, it hasn't changed in a long time.
1: And you figure even before Roman in his historical run, I mean Lesnar was champion for quite a while. Yeah, Punk, you Punk know was I mean?
2: champion for
0: over four hundred yeah. days. So now
1: they're and I I like that though. Like even though. A big part of like my formative years as a fan, when I was young, titles changed hands often. Yeah, I prefer the long title reigns, and some people would say it it's adds a fun. little more
2: credibility to I, the belt when you look at the title runs.
1: Well, Bruno was champ for like 15 years or something crazy like that, right? Yeah. and it meant something. If you could if you could topple Bruno, that meant you were you were the man.
2: Yeah, um, uh, and I mean during those runs too. I mean it was a little different. You know they used to defend their titles on you know regular house shows. Yeah, there were no, yeah. there weren't yeah. a lot of TV. But now programs. it's like, now nah, I'm gonna wrestle six matches this year
1: mm-hmm. and get paid a lot of yeah. money. Yep. shit ton. Um, so as, okay.
2: As is John Cena with Austin Theory. <laughs> God.
1: I can't wait for that. Uh, I'm not a fan of Austin Theory or Theory or whatever they're calling him these days. Uh, I think he's,
2: he's Austin. He's the Theory chosen guy. one. He's got a great he's, name.
1: You know. Like, Every time they try this chosen one business, it doesn't
0: work. It doesn't
2: stick, because it, it, cause it's not believable. No.
1: It did.
0: What? They, well, it, it. I mean, it, it didn't, but... <laughs> it did, but it didn't. <laughs> no, because they just keep going back to Drew McIntyre, because I remember the whole Drew McIntyre being the chosen one and, and that whole work. thing. Um, But he needed to go and come back. I mean, now everybody loves Drew McIntyre, and, and...
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying how he's he's facing off against uh, Roman Reigns for the heavyweight. Wait.
2: No, oh. Gunther. Wait, he's,
1: that's right. That, he's not. I forgot.
2: Yeah. His name doesn't even come up in the conversation that often.
1: And it's unfortunate, because he's an animal. He, he has is. a great look. He's great in the ring. He's,
2: he's great. He's good he's, on he's the a mic. He's
1: fine promo. He's good on the mic. But the problem is, he's a giant in a land of giants right now. Yeah. He doesn't, that's, he doesn't stand out in a weird way, and he should. I,
0: I think a big part, too, of Drew McIntyre is that he got his chance at the absolute worst time call, yeah. you
2: could get your chance. That's, that's fair, yeah.
0: Uh, because, because you know, Drew McIntyre was doing everything he was doing in front of a sea of monitors uh, in the Performance Center for about a year and a half. And, you know, the time that he should have been in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa yeah, headlining a, WrestleMania. There's a lot was, to be said for the draw you get from a live crowd. Yeah. And, and the opportunity that he had to really give to those fans because I mean, you guys both know that the wrestling is all about the connection that the people have with the wrestlers. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing greater than that. Um, they never got a chance to truly embrace him and vice versa. So, you know, in, in that aspect, I kind of feel bad that, uh, that, that kind of happened, but I still, I still, uh, give Drew some flowers. Oh,
1: I mean, and, and as justifiably well, should, so. He's yeah. Great. Again, he's, uh, he's a first ballot hall of famer <clears throat> for sure. Uh, but right now it's it's just and you brought up a different point that I was I was trying to uh, hammer in is it's less about the the whole COVID era when you know they had this, this you know no audience it's more Drew McIntyre his timing was off if he'd have come into the WWF for the gimmick he has now back then yeah. it would have worked yeah but he's in a in a sea of Brock Lesnar's and Omos or whatever his name is and uh, Braun Strowman's and Roman Reigns. He's just another giant, big guy with long, slick hair with a beard.
0: He's just yeah, he doesn't stand out to yeah, me. yeah, you know it's um. Man, they're wrestling. No shade to Drew, though. <laughs> no, But no. Just, yeah. it's the truth. He's he might made. be in your back. He might be in Jeff's backyard right now. He's, Miller, he might. <laughs> he's got a claymore. Just, he's just sitting there on a scoop that Jeff didn't know that he had in the back, yeah. and he's just with a stone, yeah, a wet stone, yeah. a, wet stone, yeah. a, wet stone yeah. a wet stone, just wet like going stone. over that. Uh, so wet, so wet. how wet? Is it so wet? Real wet. Oh man. Mm. So it is now.
1: Now, before we get to the first match, uh, <laughs> yeah. what are we drinking here, folks?
2: I'll go first. Uh, since we're talking about WrestleMania. I brought myself a Steve Weiser, so Stone Cold Steve Austin Broken Skull IPA. That's go. a solid it, call. It, it it seemed fitting for it's what we're talking fitting. about.
1: Yeah. It don't get much more fitting. Yeah. No, no, doesn't. <laughs> Mac.
0: Well, um, so I'm doing a little bit of a sentimental beer today, everybody. Uh, today I got a Miller Light here, and uh, the reason I got a Miller Light is that it was my dad's birthday just a few days ago, and uh, you know, my dad. Uh, for for those that knew him or, or or maybe have heard his his legend um was uh was a personality plus and uh, he passed away a few years ago so every time around his birthday you know, always make sure to keep a miller light handy at the house so thought i would bring that to the podcast today and uh, and drink it in his honor so i will drink to jimmy mac yeah, yeah. we any got any chance i get yeah, we got the jimmy mac, uh, absolutely going here so yeah miller light for jimmy mac today nice
1: it's a really good reason because otherwise I don't know why the hell you don't. No, that. yeah, no, there, there is That's
0: literally We're so hard. Until there you is there is literally <laughs> no reason to possibly have it now.
3: <laughs> uh, with all that being said,
0: on my dad's birthday, we went to his his local watering hole. It was, uh, it was the pub and pizza, as yep. my dad famously knew it. It has since converted to a Caliente, which is a pizza and draft house here in Chain in Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, my mom, my sister, myself, and stuff all went and got some pizzas and. Got a couple of Miller Lights, and um, Bar- <clears throat> Barbie Mac is not a beer drinker, uh, in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but we got a couple little like uh, like tasters glasses and everything, and uh, you know Barbie Mac was uh, was was putting down some Miller Light, and uh, at the end of the evening, she just goes, you know, I'm not really a beer person, but this Miller Light, it's not half bad.
3: Oh. Barb. <laughs> Uh, that's a slippery slope Barb. and, and i it. just <laughs> and i and i just
0: i just you know what it's not uh, it's not tequila mom but it'll, yeah, it, it, it'll it, do. it's, it's light it'll enough yeah. it's light enough so golly. um but yeah it was uh, it was it was a fun night I had by all in, no, in that, awesome. that capacity yeah. so
2: we golly. all yeah. everyone at this table uh and those even not here we all love jimmy mac so mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah nothing Good but man. respect for jimmy mac guy. on that yes. one
1: uh i am drinking and i don't know how to pronounce it if it's troggs or troggs the
0: troggs
2: so
1: i was yeah. there we go troggs uh, sunshine pilsner nice and uh light not miller light but light yeah
0: it's a, a good spring for a beer wonderful... we're in spring now we are springing oh, forward man folks, thank, in 2020 thank god at this point man i'm I, once march tu- like once the calendar turns over to march like i'm like all right fuck it let's just yeah. get spring going and and get the weather nicer and mm-hmm. you know i'm done done with the because you know for for those a lot of people that listen to the show are in the pittsburgh area but f, you know for those of you in in france or australia <laughs> uh united kingdom netherlands uh india you know we see you india we see you india you know who we don't see peru still waiting on you Peru. i'm not giving up I don't, i'm not giving I don't up think they're coming back I I'm not giving up, on up. Us. yeah i'm not i'm not giving up <laughs> <laughs> um but um but between like November and you know April it's basically nothing but gray and brown in Pittsburgh you know because it's when the winter hits uh so you know looking forward to some green and some 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 sunshine and some blue skies and everything and yeah so let's go spring let's do it um you mentioned something earlier Jones when we were talking about this the importance of this WrestleMania and you mentioned how it's an opportunity for me to give my flowers to the one, the only, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
3: Yes.
0: Um, and you're like, we haven't really talked about Stone Cold not in the podcast. No. But, dear listeners, there's a reason for that. Because when we don't have the mics going, we're talking a lot about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because we also talk, because you almost, it's, it's almost hard sometimes not to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin without talking about the importance of the relationship with Bret Hart. Um, and like, um, was done in a previous episode, available in the archives, by the way, uh, on the Montreal Job, um, we will be doing an entire episode, possibly two, maybe even three. It's,
1: no, it's, it's a whole, it's its whole Yeah, it's
0: going like to be like a do. series on Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. So,
1: so, I mean, we, we mentioned this forever ago, yeah. uh, that we wanted to do it, and, and eventually this long, just, someday we'll idea. actually do I it. I have the outline already written, I can, I mean, it's in... Google Docs for you guys to check out, but it's already there, uh, and it spans the entirety of their uh, feud, which is not a lot, right. actually, but we cover things before and after, Yeah, you know, the importance of what led up to this, and what, what the the situation is, the ramifications, yeah. I mean, uh, I was watching a uh, interview with, with Austin from like a year or so ago, and he's talking about his, and we're going off on a hell of tension, but this is Austin related, this, so And this is the show, I mean, if you guys yeah. came here
0: thinking we're going to stay on topic,
1: he was Fuck very you. He was, he's always very complimentary of Bret Hart always and when he had him on his podcast uh oh however many years ago you know you could tell there's a lot of respect a lot of love yeah but he was just asked about Bret Hart and his thoughts on him and he I mean you want you never hear Austin be very complimentary of any wrestler very few unless they were friends but his mm-hmm. how he views Bret Hart and he's tried like without Bret Hart there would not have been a Stone Cold Steve Austin he handpicked me coming back and said, I want to work with this guy. Because he, he knew they could make some money. Right. And he's just like, the fact that, you know, there's a lot of other wrestlers who hate on Bret Hart. And like, oh, Bret's bitter, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Bret, man's been through the ringer. You know, lost a lot of family, lost a lot of friends. He's last man standing, if you really think about of the, of the Hart Foundation. It's uh, a
0: very publicly, famously, Canadianly wrestling family.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'd be probably a little bitter, too. Uh, but Austin is very complimentary of Brett and the importance that he had on his career. And, and, and so it's, it's so important, in fact, that, you know, we want to do that feud justice because it needs to be explored week to week, raw to raw, yeah. show to show, yeah. match to match. And it's going to be a whole ass undertaking that we're currently not ready for. I would love to have I need to have no on it.
0: Well, yeah, it's that's that's that's, that's imperative. Yeah, uh, at this stage. But
1: we'll get him there, you son of a bitch. I know you're listening. We almost
0: had him. We almost yeah. Oh, we almost yeah, had him, it everybody. Close. It was close. We uh we intentionally didn't give you a preview of the next couple of episodes on the last episode we recorded because we had a couple things in the air. We were trying to, to bring in that uh, his uh, his sweet seductory... Sultry voice back, uh, back coming to the podcast.
2: A little bit of nipple, a little bit of nipple rubbing. There, there probably would have been a lot. There
0: probably would a lot. There's yeah. a lot of
2: like makeup nipple play. I'm to sure, be had.
0: I'm sure there's an awful lot <laughs> of energy. I'm sure there's an awful lot of energy that he's got pent up, you know, <laughs> that he can't quite release around no, the family. No. Giving it all to the listeners, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we've, we famously have avoided a lot of stone cold talk, um, on the podcast just because of plans we have for stone cold. Um, But I think it's um, important to kind of note here as well, Jones, when you're talking about Stone Cold and you're talking about, you know, who he talks about and, you know, a lot of times who he doesn't talk about, how complimentary he is and how few people. It's because when you achieve a level of success that he did and the time that he did it and to the level at which he did, um, you have to have a mentality that you guys are in shit. That's the mentality you have to have to be that guy, I think, for that long. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's ingrained in him, which is why he achieved what he achieved. That was a very, a lot of that character of Stone Cold was Steve Austin. You know, it was his, you know, who he was. And I think a lot of times when wrestlers really get to that point where the fans accept them and believe them, which going back to Austin Theory, when you saw this the, the promo that Cena cut on him a couple of weeks ago, leading into him accepting the match, he kind of said to Theory, that very concept is like, you know, when you're pushing and you're forcing and your real personality doesn't come out, these fans, they're not going to believe you. Yeah, they you. know it. They know it. They know you're full of shit. They know you know you're full of shit, which is the worst thing that fans can have. Then he told him he had a small dick. And he and then he tapped it. Yeah.
1: Oh he ball tapped him. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: But he didn't find it. But, but but you know he probably does have a small dick because theory didn't really react. Like if I get ball tapped, <laughs> if I'm on national television. <laughs> you're drop. Listen, listen, if I'm on national television and I get ball tapped and I'm a fucking professional wrestler, I'm dropping to the ground and I'm fucking selling that like I just got shot in the nut. <laughs> I'm, and and you're gonna literally seriously like I'm gonna lay there. People are gonna have to come, the rest's gonna have to come out and put the X up. They're gonna have to bring a stretcher out for that ball tap because I'm gonna sell to the audience that my nuts are so fucking huge that that's what happened.
1: Okay, well good. So glad first, I got that out. First, glad <laughs> I got that. <laughs> let's let's get to the show as we are now probably twenty plus minutes in to this episode. Alright, so, uh, we have the first match, which is always fascinating. First of all, the is fantastic. Brings me back, man. Brings me right back to 1998. Uh, and we have the Tag Team Battle Royal, uh, which is funny because there's so many damn teams. They just, they just started at the end of the entrances.
2: Yeah, so they, all the teams were out there except for the one surprise team, which right. was the Legion of Doom.
0: Well, they brought one team in right before. If you guys Did you guys watch it on Peacock? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, there was the one team, and then the surprise team that they kind of brought yeah. in.
2: One thing before the match, though, so uh, we've talked about how terrible live bands typically are at these oh. big pay-per-views. Mm. So they had the DX band. They did, um, and the DX band actually played uh, "America the Beautiful" or something, and did got, they?
0: got booed because I didn't see it, uh, Jeff, on
2: the uh, on the telecast. Apparently, they got booed so bad that it was removed from all digital copies of this pay-per-view all uh home video release versions of this pay-per-view. i watched the
1: show live why do i not remember that because i scrubbed it from my yeah yeah it was, yeah. Bad. It was,
2: that, was bad. that bad uh, yeah so yeah there was that before we got to the surprise return of lod 2000 <laughs> listen i don't know about as they you. would become to known
1: i don't know about you guys but i was a big mark for legion of doom
2: okay oh uh, yeah
1: like well, they're so
0: fucking cool
1: yeah but to watch L O D two I remember just marking out, seeing like all oh, new music, you know, and it's and Sonny. And listen and Sonny is money. Now but Sonny now owes money. But Sonny at the time was money, right? God, like, she was something to look does at.
0: Does Sonny owe money? Yeah. She's been, she's got all jail. kinds of shit. Have you really? not
1: known the the, the the what's been going on with this so one for years? So do you know do you
0: know how you blocked out? Uh, the DX band doing the America the Beautiful you and the Star-Spangled Banner. Sunny. No, I blocked There's no out. No way to block no, that. No, 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 no. I didn't block out Sunny. I blocked out any bad things that happened to Sunny after WWE. She killed a guy. Did she really? In a
1: car accident. No shit. She was under their influence, I'm pretty sure. No. She's in jail still, I'm pretty is sure. Is she really? She's been in and out of jail for years. Yeah. No. Yeah, she yeah. does
0: not look good. I did not know
1: that. Put on a lot of weight. And to be fair, that weight on her does look terrible. She's a pretty lady. But that this isn't what this is about. It's about her, the, the demons that she has. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, that she has been spiraling since Chris Candido died, really. Okay. You know, that was the love of her life. Right. But remember that there's stories behind that too but we i don't know those stories well enough yeah you got you watch and we're not gonna get false information oh my god poor sunny yeah 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 oh yeah she's 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 been having issues now for years i did not know
2: that
0: and just last year she's had had a rough go of it yeah Um, explains why she hasn't been on any of the recent rumbles or anything
1: she ain't gonna be Mm,
0: no probably not Mm -hmm. no
1: i don't think she's not in the hall of fame
3: and
2: no not i
1: feel like she probably won't be until she's dead Hmm. So she can't do her outfit
2: was great in this pay per view though. Oh man, uh, she looked fantastic. Uh, uh, and, and, no arguments there.
1: And you know the funny thing is it's, it's unfortunate a thing about the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, is that you know back in the day when they first made their debut and they came up through the AWA, and made, made their way down south, how over they were. They, there's the, the the Road Warriors pop that people always talk about that you didn't hear a crowd response yeah. like the, the Road Warriors coming out.
2: They're huge, and
1: the WWF. Once they made it to the big stage, Vince's machine did not know what to do with them. Right. properly. It was too much, yeah. Yeah. And and, and there is a lot to be said about that, but this is a perfect example of that. You know, they're coming in, they 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 were I think they came in like ninety seven, I mm-hmm. think or maybe late ninety six ninety seven. Uh they may have had a title run, I don't know. And then they had a split. And I remember that split. They they they, they, they brawled it, a little yeah,
2: bit. Yeah, it was it was very public. Uh the last before this pay per view, the last time we saw them, they were you know, going to blows on each other.
1: Now, here they are with...
2: Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa.
0: Jeff, when they're going... to well, Can we paint a picture real quick, Jeff? All right. Just do uh, it. Just, do it. Uh, when they were going to blows After on, it came
2: out, I was like... Yeah, I probably should have worded that when,
0: differently. <laughs> when, they, when they were going to blows with... The, when they're going to blows on each other, right? All over each other. All over each other,
2: right? Yes. All over. Um, were they wearing the shoulder pads? Nothing but oh, the shoulder pads. man. They were LOD. You have no idea what they were doing with those
0: spikes after that. It was an LOD Winnie the Pooh situation. All all top, nothing on the bottom.
3: (laughs) Um, So,
1: (laughs) what's interesting about this match, too, if you look at all the different teams, how many future stars are in this team? Too cool is in. uh, The first time they team together. Is it the first time? Yeah. No shit. I like Mm. that. You know, and then you figure a year and a half later, they're one of the biggest tag teams the WWF has at the time. JBL's in this match. I know you love that
0: day. Uh, I, I I noticed it immediately. Um, but he was still Bradshaw at this point. Yeah. I strangely have a have a fond appreciation for Bradshaw. How can
2: you not? It's just when he changed. But when back he's to JBL. when he's
0: JBL and he's he's pumping Mama Joama. <laughs> the fuck that thing was forever. Uh, oh god okay. the rage the uh, rage
1: and you had the rock and roll express you had um I mean, four members of the
0: nation the, yeah yeah two I mean, two two sets of the nation in there
1: but this was also like kind of like the end the tail end of the 97 faction wars because los periquos were kind of yeah. sprinkled in The uh, members of the doa were sprinkled in like and they were just kind of like this time that that time the following year they were not around you know, it was just the very end of whatever 97 was. Yeah. The, 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 the gang warfare era of the WWF.
0: Well, Do you think that... No, this is an honest question here, too. Um, also, the headbangers were in there. I to have yeah. that out there. Um, did the WWE get away from factions because WCW was so heavily in with factions at that point? Because, I mean, when you have the NWO on one channel... What faction are you going to have on WWF that's going to even compare? And if you're trying to, are you not just like doing like DC versus Marvel where it's, oh, we're going to have a Captain America versus Iron Man movie. And then DC is like, oh, wait, we got to rush Batman v Superman, even though nobody fucking cares because there was no buildup when Civil War had seven, eight years of character buildup and relationships that forged that. Like, do you do you try to stay away from that from a booking
2: perspective? I I think they were. You know, trying to lean into that with the nation and DX both running at yeah. the same time, but outside of that, there there definitely could be some merit to that. I, I mean, w- the NWO is a hard thing to compete against. It's. I mean, you couldn't. I mean, there's there were
0: NWO signs in that fucking crowd, which I'm there so, were
1: signs in the crowd. That, yeah, uh, I it, I would say <coughs> that you know, it's l- none of us really know. Obviously, we weren't in the writing room, uh, but I would hazard to guess that it's. L- I think. Less about what WCW was doing, um, and more it ran its course. Because when the Los Perique was the Nation Domination, Disciples of Apocalypse, uh, they were around before DX was a thing. Uh, they, while although none of them were all main eventing, it was a thing that they were doing. They were just right. putting things against the wall to try to push against WCW, to try to get ahead of the ratings war. Yeah. To try to make money. Uh, but... With the exception of Mark Henry and uh, Dwayne Johnson, uh, how many stars came out of all those factions? Just those two. Right. Right? But it was, it was a way to get people on TV. And it it took... was a way to get people, you know, an interesting... Because back in 97, the Vince Russo, Vince McMahon era of creative, it was a lot of get as much on TV as possible. Throw things against the wall, see what sticks. Uh, and it was a lot of, and I missed that that period of raw where everything felt like everything was chaotic, anything could happen at any very any yeah. given moment. Uh, but I, I think it's 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 less about what episode we was doing, more about, I mean, it'd been about a year, almost of those those gangs. I feel like we'd run the course, and obviously the nation was the the front run, runner of all of that.
0: You know, little did that version of Mark Henry know that in a few years later he was going to father a
2: hand.
1: You know, one day we're going to. Nobody
2: saw that coming.
1: We're going to get to a, a show where I can I can really give Mark Henry his flowers when he had his heel run as heavyweight champion and, and smacked him. It was fucking amazing, It actually. was. It and was. I didn't respect it and appreciate it then the way I do now. Because sometimes I'll watch a clip and I'm like, dude, was like a, he was like no joke. Yeah. yeah. Like, he He's was legit. a bad yeah. guy. Yes, he was. There was no redeeming quality. <laughs> and who was going to get in that man's face outside of John Cena? No one. And maybe the a player.
0: John Cena lifted him.
1: John Cena lifted a big shown edge on his, on we his back. We
0: saw it live. And I still
1: don't believe it happened. <laughs>
0: I, we saw that live. <laughs> that's that, that still, to me, in, in everything that I've seen in professional wrestling, that still, to me, is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Is is that, is John Cena, because that's, that's from that point forward, he he is Superman. Yeah. Like, there's there's no he taking that away strong. from him. That he lifted, like, 650 pounds, just like it was nothing. And then flipped them.
1: Yeah, because you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> And you know I, I I always think back when I listened to Hogan tell stories about um when he slammed the giant and more importantly how his body felt after he slammed the giant. He's like things did not feel normal for weeks after that, even like as it happened, he felt things in his body just yeah. popping um and to think John Cena basically took more than that and was just
1: can I <clears throat> bullshit, yeah. Listen, you can only like really listen to like half of 32% of what Hogan fucking says, <laughs> and that's being generous. First of all, all right, Hogan likes to pretend that no one knows that he had a career before the WWF or the WWWF. That motherfucker was slamming Andre the Giant before they were even in the same promotion together in the w- up in New York. I have I used to have a VHS of them fighting each other in like a I don't know, it might have been 1980, 1979. Hogan slammed him then. It, it wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal cuz it was on pay-per-view. But, so, that Hogan, like, oh, brother, I I felt everything tear up my, my, no, fuck you. No, you didn't. You felt fine. You've done it before.
0: Shattered my entire, like, vision.
1: You gotta, listen, when Hogan talks, you have to, like, you gotta put a filter on. (laughs) Why he doesn't. Uh, We've learned.
0: Facts. But, uh, okay, so,
1: great opener, great match. I mean, it was chaotic (coughs) as all hell. Usually, watching a battle Royal start with everybody in the match. (laughs) Yeah,
2: so there was, like, five minutes of legion of doom in the ring like showboating and yes. then they're like they ring the bell and like all the guys jump in yeah and there's like there's no real they didn't set the stage of like oh by the way here's all the teams that are in it No, so it was just, just like immediate chaos and everybody in the ring and i was like just looking at the chaos that's happening and the sea of guys, I'm like, who the fuck are half these people? I know there was there was a so much. Th-
0: there was a point where I had to like pause the screen and like pull up some stuff online. I'm like, all right, who the fuck am I watching? Yeah, right. You know, because some of these I don't really remember. Oh, Kurgan's there. Okay, I got Kurgan
1: he's he barking at people.
0: Well, I mean, that's basically all he did in his wrestling career. I don't really that was know the that truth he did commission.
1: much. That's of... what it was called, the Truth Commission. Another gang, another fa- there was. Listen, the WWF was flush with factions in '97 into '98. Yeah, were there were a lot. Too many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a great match. I thought it was an, it was enjoyable. The crowd was hot, but it's WrestleMania, and the WrestleMania crowd is typically always hot, anyhow.
2: Uh, I got a couple comments about that when we get to a couple matches here later on. Okay. The crowd in general is sort of interesting because if you look at. You know, in ninety eight there were no cell phones. Nope. Right. right? Uh, they had camera guys all around the outside of the ring, like literally oh, yeah. leaning on the ring, which you don't see any of that today. Right. Uh, the barricades were just steel gates. Like, I love I, <laughs> like, I love. gates. There's the steel no padding gates. like there is yeah. today. Uh, they're far less forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an interesting time, like when you look back and you're like, man, it's so different. Yeah. But the crowd, like, they were hot for LOD oh, for sure time. yeah and so, uh, and you know the writing was on the wall they were the only ones who got a grand entrance that that was their big return they were going to win um, so it wasn't like oh man i'm shocked that LOD is the last man standing yeah. the last team standing uh
1: so yeah 8 minutes 19 seconds we can't get back
3: now
2: we are
1: on to the <laughs> Takamichi Michinoku versus Aguila match
2: ah Takamichi uh, Michinoku. so
1: uh
0: second it, time we're talking about Taka wow well,
1: you know it's funny when I think of light heavyweight or cruiserweight, I always think of WCW, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. and it's really unfortunate. It sucks that the WWF never really committed to it, and we've had this conversation well, before. Yeah, that's dense. but I, but it it'd been great if they had because the things they could have done with you know with Taka as the centerpiece. And really pushed that division forward, but Vince wasn't a fan and it is what it is. But the match was great. I really enjoyed it. was it. a good match. You know, they really put their best foot forward to impress the crowd. Yeah. You know? uh, and Agula and I, you know it's funny, I was watching the match and and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if Mac thinks this is psychosis.
0: No. <laughs> no. I knew it wasn't psychosis. It was on that one. Um Yeah, it was um I, I it was truthfully I think it was one of the better matches of the night um i don't know about you guys you know going back and watching it again I, I i felt a lot of very different things watching this as a 40 year old man as i did when i was a 15 year old boy when this thing first came out right um and it was easily one of those things where i didn't i think a lot of the pay-per-view was was almost a little underwhelming to me watching it back again in terms of just some of the match quality, some of the things that just we're kind of used to seeing now in, in WWE and, and some of the matches we've already kind of covered. Right. Um, but I thought this was a, a very solid match mm-hmm. um, overall in terms of some of the things we got in the pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it was a very fast match in terms of the action and yeah, in terms like of how six long six it lasted. Seven, it. Yeah. Uh, and you were mentioning the lack of focus on the light heavyweight title. This was the only pay-per-view or the only wrestlemania that they actually competed for the light heavyweight title man. uh first and only time which is was really weird to me when i was like looking back at things and i was like man they really could have got a lot more out of that over the years than they did um but it was it was a good match uh taka michinoku is super fun to watch
1: i love the michinoku driver Still yes. driver
2: and not only the fact that it's just
0: how good the move is it's fun to say yeah, you know <laughs> yeah. the Michinoku Driver. <laughs> you know, the
1: best part about the, the Michinoku Driver, and that it belongs to a light heavyweight, a cruiserweight, a high flyer, if you, if you will, if is that you if will. you stop, I really want you to stop and think and, and, and think about this. How many top tier, top tier, uh, cruiserweights, light heavyweights over the years that we've watched from like you know 96, 97 and on, uh, their finish was a high flying move. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them. Yeah, but you know whose wasn't. Taka. That's right. His move looked like it was going to put your ass oh, down. Yeah. Period. Yeah. With the exception of Dean Malenko, whose <laughs> finish was a fucking submission hold,
0: yeah.
3: who
1: would also put you down. The Michinoku driver looked violent. It looked hard hitting and he didn't have to lay he didn't have to leave uh his center of gravity, you know what I mean? Right.
0: No, and and um, you know we always talk about the validity of finishing moves in wrestling and, and which, which which ones we like, which ones we don't, ones that can you can do basically in any situation, uh, ones that you can do that you, that doesn't have to have a, a build up or anything, and that really kind of plays into into that. Speaking of Dean Malenko, I once went past Dean Malenko at the grocery store to get a stock of broccoli, and he submitted me. You loved every second of that. Too. When I came to, I did. You know, in the process of,
1: he submitted
3: me.
2: Yeah, he submitted yeah. Me. Woke up in the middle of the produce aisle, not knowing what the hell. Happened. Like, Wait a minute! This yeah, is just... yeah. its weird when you say that a man submitted you. In is it general? Though? I mean, is it's it... too late. It's already out there yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, you lo- can't put that shit back. Do, want, do you want to rewind
0: back to this to some of the things that you were talking about with nope. LOD? <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: but yeah, great match. Uh, Taka's music still slaps to this day. Yeah, yep, that's yeah, a great thing. Uh, it's it's in the t- top top twenty. Most it's likely. it's
0: a lot of things that dub- Taka was a lot of things that WWE traditionally just doesn't like to push. Um, you know, light wrestl You know, lighter, smaller wrestlers. Um, wrestlers from Japan. You know, um, wrestlers that can like really wrestle.
1: And 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 wrestlers who who don't speak English.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was a lot of those things.
1: Yeah. He, he, I mean, it, it, thankfully, his body works spoke for itself. And yeah. he still wrestles. I think he still wrestles. I think he teaches, too. Um, yeah. You
2: could tell uh, this match took place in the 90s because uh, J.R. dropped a Pearl Harbor reference. God. Nah. Uh, <laughs> which is like, oh, did he just say that? It's December 7th. Ironic enough.
1: Um.
0: <laughs> I love the notes on that. Like, If you go online and like read through some of the articles about this, it's just like the incident went largely unnoticed. Only causing a slight stir in the wrestling community. Yeah, you know,
1: slight stir. So we have a. Uh, I love. I, I like to maintain that this this little uh, quick backstage seg- segment with The Rock and Flowers, Jennifer Flowers. It's like The Rock's coming out party, right? <laughs>
2: oh. What an asshole, that guy. I love it. But it's so good. He's just... He's so good at it.
1: Full third person. Yeah. Full third person. And that's the best version of The Rock is just where he's, like, he's not a real person. He's yeah. a caricature of a person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just love... He dropped the... He's smelling him cooking. Like, i it's just it, little things, you know? Like, Rock is becoming The Rock. And we just... Uh, last wrestling episode, we, we talked about our some of our favorite matches and you know the rock 98 yep. the ladder match with triple h was one of your top matches uh and this is that year rock is coming into his own
0: we've we've spent a lot of time talking about rock coming into his own in like out of chronological order
1: it's weird isn't yeah.
0: it yeah it, this all, is, it all ties together yeah, eventually we this is this is what our third pay-per-view that we've talked about from 98 i think
1: yeah, i think you are maybe. maybe yeah
0: well the second one that we've covered we've mentioned other matches from 98 but, uh, but yeah, this was, you know, WrestleMania's March, end of March, and then we had uh, SummerSlam, and then we had the King of the Ring, mm-hmm. that we talked about as well.
1: And, you know, you know I don't want to spend too much time on it, but just the fact that they gave him a segment to get himself over with a with the biggest audience he's ever been a part of. Like, yeah. figure WrestleMania the previous year, it was Intercontinental title matches, dad was involved, I think the Sultan was involved, WrestleMania 13. Uh, no one talks about yeah, that. Yeah, he
2: was still finding his way.
1: But... He, the the this was their opportunity to introduce the people's champ to the world, and I think it worked and it paid dividends. Um, yeah, and
2: they and started. He interrupted her right away, saying, "No, it's it's the people's Intercontinental." I love it. Well, because and and they carried that over with the commentary
0: when we get to the the match with uh, with Rock and Shamrock, uh, where I think it was um, like Jr. said something, and then Lolly interrupted him and said, "No, no, no, it's the people's." Like you made make sure to say yeah. that and you can you
2: got. They gotta sell it.
0: Yeah, I, I want to talk about that match, but because I, I have a lot yeah. to say about that match, I don't want to. Oh, we going to get in. there.
1: So speaking of matches, uh, we're, let's go on to the next, uh, the European title match, uh, the challenger uh, Owen Hart taking on the champion Hunter Hearst Helmsley of Degeneration. Yeah, X. this was
2: before he was officially Triple H. Yeah, yeah. Um, and China.
1: And China, and China, a goddamn badass man. She is. Listen, you ain't fucking with her. No. She'd knock your ass. She's out.
0: intimidating she, as fuck. She wore an outfit that was basically made entirely of handcuffs, <laughs> just to get handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter, which is what she did to him later that night.
3: Oh, uh, okay. Then. Oh. Allegedly. Uh, that's Allegedly.
1: what they say. <laughs> it, 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 you know, the best part about this match is looking at, like, this, I keep going back to this pay-per-view being such a transformative year, but you look at where all these different characters are, these personalities, these gimmicks are now. WrestleMania, the reset day, where everything changes the next night yeah. on Raw, where they are eight months later. Everything is so drastically different. I think Undertaker's a, a full-on heel by that point, or close to eight months later. Pretty sure he is. I think he's like sacrificing fucking people and shit. Almost uh, Austin yeah. is th- is the man. Right, so, my Michaels is gone. The Rock is up almost a top two babyface, uh, just underneath Hunter, who's basically the number two babyface.
0: Ken Shamrock can't stay off the cocaine.
1: Actually, if this is if this is like six or seven months later, yeah, we're talking almost Survivor Series. So yeah. Yeah. things have changed a yeah. lot, right? And the I landscape love has changed. How different this is.
0: Well, and it had to be because you figure in the course of what three months WWE. Or, or about five months, WWE lost their two of their three ten poles at that point. Bret is gone, and he's in WCW, and WCW is flourishing, right? Uh, that was and then, during the Goldberg streak. Yep. Um, and then you've got Shawn getting injured to the point that at that stage he was done wrestling. That was it. You know, the surgery hadn't existed yet to fix him. Um, and when you kind of talk about how he had two herniated discs. Plus a third one that was basically crushed, and he fucking took some of the bumps he took in that well, in that match. We get to oh, that. we're gonna get, we to, that. get to that. Um, it, it, WWE was in survival mode. They had one, possibly two, that they could build around. It was right. Undertaker, and 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 God, they're lucky Stone Cold worked, um, and that he was able to kind of carry it at that point. Because if it if if he didn't, the rest of the Stone Cold's run. Gave the rest of the roster time to catch up, so oh, yeah. that WWE could really he kept them afloat. He did. Time. Oh my god, for sure, because as 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 I would argue, that it's over as NWO was and everything they're doing in WCW. Stone Cold was more.
1: Listen, St- Steve Austin is the greatest. He's the greatest wrestling wrestler of all time. Yeah, and not the best wrestler. of all No, time, but he's the greatest wrestler of all right. time. Nobody has, has done, I mean, you could say H- Hogan with the rock and, rock and roll and wrestling phase in the 80s. You could say, you know, the John Cena and his... No, no, no. Steve Austin. Steve fucking Austin, who came out of effectively nowhere from WCW and became a household name in months after, you know, Austin 316, which was... I, I don't know how ad lib that was, but it's fucking still sticks to me to this day.
0: He came up with that, and and then that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so, like, in the same, like, promo, right? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 it, no he did two of them. It was Austin 316, That was and King of the Ring. That was King... Well, there was another one at King of the Ring that he came up with at the same time. I, th- I thought it was... I
1: don't know th- when he started saying the bottom line, but it, I don't you, believe...
0: You have the, uh, that. There were, there were two... I'm going to have to go back and look, but there are two things that were Austin tent poles that he came up with on that pay-per-view.
1: So, speaking yeah. of uh, Owen Hart versus Triple H, right? Yeah. we got to get back to this match. Right. We're going to get to Austin. We're going to let you give him all the flowers you want to <sighs> give him. I'm um, starting to get geared up now. So, I love the context of this match because, again... Montreal Screwjob was is, is still echoing in the background. Right. It happened. It was a it was a it was not a work. Noah, it wasn't. Um but it happened. It was work. And and it was not a fucking work. No one benefited. I wasn't, no on, benefits I from wasn't this. on that
0: episode. I can I have opinions.
1: Listen, I will ask you this then. Who benefited from any of it? Lugies yeah, Lugies everywhere.
0: Lugies everywhere benefited. <laughs> people did not spit in their boss's face until that night and then afterwards all over yeah, the place the people thing, were yeah. people were just gearing up to just shoot one at their one boss. One
1: day we'll revisit Montreal but I maintain the biggest reason why I think it was a full on sh- you know shoot is because t- if, if the plan is for there to be some sort of end game to this there has to somebody has to look good somebody has to come out on this and no one looked good. No one looked good.
0: Didn't say they executed it well. I mean, sometimes you can have all the plans deal. and then just, you know, oh, you know That one didn't work. Let's go the other direction next time.
1: There are people who think it's that a- the plan was always for Brett to just come back and like, no, 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 no. That shit went bad. That went sideways because people were being egotistical and greedy. Brett and Sean were not playing nice together. And then bad things happened. It's unfortunate that it happened, but it happened. And, and then people are like, oh, Owen died and that changed everything. They're like, No. No, 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 no. Brett wasn't gonna fucking come back. He spat at Vince. He spat. He loogied. He and shot that some bitch right at his face.
0: Yeah, he went deep on that one.
1: I, I just, I just maintained that, you know, there's no logical reason for the Montreal Screwjob to take place.
0: Yeah, this was the Montreal Screwjob sidekick match, basically.
1: Kind yeah. <laughs> of. Put it that way. It's yeah. accurate. Uh, yes. But yeah, it was a great match. Two very capable wrestlers who know how to do it, who who work really well together. They do
2: work really well together.
1: Uh, and I think, you know, Owen, it's weird watching Owen Hart sometimes. You know, like, I hadn't watched an Owen Hart match in a while. It's been a
2: little, it's been a hot and minute.
1: I'm yeah. watching, like, what he could have done. But, you know, I'm not one of those people who say, like, oh, he could have been heavyweight champion. I mean, yeah, maybe he could have been. But Owen Hart is not in my mind, not heavyweight champion guy. He doesn't need to be. Owen Hart's a, a very capable, excellent wrestler, great promo, great character. He can be a heel, he can be a baby face. Uh, all Owen needed to be was just in the mix. He never needed to be heavyweight champion. He's one of those yep. wrestlers that yep. just yeah. don't need he to be. He could be
2: king champion. of the ring, but not heavyweight He's champion. He's the king of hearts. Yeah.
1: He's the black heart. Mm. That's right.
2: Uh, so the build up to this match was, you know, there was a bit of a feud going on between Triple H and China and owen uh china beat the shit out of owen with this cast on his, yeah. his leg uh so it they was were they were working boot. they were working the, it was uh, a walking boot they were working the angle uh the injury angle mm-hmm. yeah uh so the stipulation was china could be there but she had to get handcuffed to sergeant slaughter uh apparently she had a pocket full of cocaine that she put in slaughter's face uh before taking him out Old and bagging up the good stuff yeah yeah and then uh I think she got it from Ken Shamrock. Given the old uh, low blow, the low blow to Owen.
1: It was a great heel finish. I thought it it was what it was. Um.
0: Well, they did a good job building up China's interference in the match because there were three different points. They did that a lot in this era. They did, but they, they really in that point, because that's why obviously Slaughter was out there and that's why she was handcuffed to him. And they had several points when Owen's on the floor and he's taunting her and she can't get at him because yeah. she's she's attached. And they really did a nice job kind of playing that a little bit, um, which, I, which I really enjoyed uh, in that case. But um, yeah, it, it goes back to China being a badass. I mean, I, I attest of the three people in that ring at that point in time, China was the most ripped oh she was, <laughs> she, was ripped. she was
1: she was absolutely jacked. yeah and i love and even when i was a kid watching it the first thought when like they went like face to face her and slaughters like chin to chin fucking massive lower mandibles they have mm-hmm.
2: it's like oh yeah
0: quite the jawline yeah
2: quite the jaw jawline yeah. jaw yeah. Yeah. if
0: if their jaws actually touched what do you think would have happened to the universe have you ever watched Dragon Ball Z? Yeah,
2: like, <laughs> I was going like, to say when they're the Super Inter- Saiyans and they collide and planets explode, <laughs> I was like say that's if if what if would happen. the interstellar oh, like, just a black hole would have formed. Uh,
0: <laughs> Boston didn't realize how close they came for it to all just ending horribly. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, you know, to your point about the show too, like it's interesting. Like the show, it's not like there was a lack of star power. No, it was very muted. It was, but not at the same time. N- no match was bad. There's not a single bad match on no, the show, at No, that's correct. Which is, you almost can almost always pick one match at a WrestleMania. That's at like, least. Ah, it wasn't that good. At least one. Yeah, which was leading us to this next match. You would assume would be the worst match. Oh. Was not.
0: I mean, it was it was, it was the, the hottest the crowd it was. It was the absolute was. hottest the yeah. crowd was. And and talk about a time where, where WWE doesn't know that their most over-performer that they have was Sable,
1: oh, they knew which is why he well,
0: was in this match. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it was, it was, I mean, it was, there was nothing close.
1: So, legendarily, legendarily, is that a word? It is now. I've made
0: up several words since we've started recording this episode so, that you'll catch later I, on when I, you listen I, back this, to this it. <laughs> so, this is
1: from me, this is from people who were in the room when it happened. Uh, but the the legend goes when Mark Mero came up north to uh talk to Vince and uh Jim Ross and, and Bruce Pritchard and those guys, you know, he brought his wife Sable, Rena Mero, with him. And, Pretty lady. Yeah, very, very good looking one. Brock thinks so. Uh, clearly, uh, and they're you know just kind of talking about what their plans are for him, the wild man thing. Get just get a feel for him, and you know they leave, and Vince just turns to Jim and's like, "We got to get this. We got to get her. Like, look at her. Like the yep. way she interacted with us, her presence, her looks. He knew right then and there." There was a star in that room. Yeah. And it well, wasn't it was Mark Merrow. Well, <laughs>
0: Given Vince's
2: track record.
0: well, Mark, Mark Merrow, <laughs> I think, was probably the least important person in that match. Absolutely. And the best part about watching that match is not only did, like, we all know it. Mark Merrow knew it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he knew. And you could just tell. He was, it was the Leonardo was, of that match. Oh, my match. God. He was just... It, you could just tell it was eating away at him. Um, you know, which is kind of why things ended the way it did with him in WWE. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so we get the uh, we get the interference from.
1: Well, we should probably set up the match. <laughs> well, no, right. no, no, no. I was, I was okay. just saying we we
0: <laughs> we go from the interference with China. You know, Triple H wins, he retains, leave the ring, um, and then we're moving into now uh, a mixed tag
2: team match. Third one in WWE history. Third one in WWE what history. I, at that what what I love about pay per views back then was the fucking promo packages they did between every match because like. You know, then in the moment, like, yeah, you kind of remember everything that's been going on in the buildup. But today, watching it back, you're like, I forgot that Goldust dressed up as Sable. The artist yeah. formerly known.
0: <laughs> the artist. Yeah. With F.U. on his face. Mm-hmm. Which, was, which that I thought was a, was
2: a bold choice. It was. It was. It was a very it strange was. time
1: yeah. for Dustin and his career. Yes. Uh. But it was a great match. Uh, Mark Maron, Sable versus Goldust, but uh, mm-hmm. artists formerly known as Goldust and Luna Vachon, who is one of my dark horse favorite lady wrestlers of all time. I love Luna. And Luna is one of those wrestlers who people rarely talk about. You know, she was the... Ladies like her and Medusa and Bull Nakano, you know, Wendy, Wendy Richter and Leilani Kai, and I can go on and on. They're the ladies who set the stage... For the athletic tens that were the, the Trish Stratus's and the Stacey Keeblers and the Tori Wilsons. We'd, it's funny how.
0: And the Kelly Kellys. It's,
1: it's funny how, like, professional women's wrestling in the 80s were far more athletic and competitive than they were in, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. And it just, like, it's it, if only that the track just kept going, you know? Yeah. We would have gotten to the women's revolution maybe a little earlier, potentially. But you know, Vince wanted his athletic tens, and it worked. I mean, obviously it worked out, but the matches were not great.
0: No, yeah. no, um, and and I give you can. So you are talking about the promos leading into this too, right, Jeff? Um, promos have come a long way since then. Yep, that's, that's one of the first things I kind of I, I took back thinking about. I was like, oh man, they've they really upped the promo game here at WWE since then. Now every promo you see is like better than most movies that are in theaters. You know, yep. they, they they know how to make you feel. That production something. quality
2: was not great. But no. the
0: storytelling was on point. It was, it was, um, and uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say that the the wrestling between you know Sable and and um, Luna was was great, um, but it was better than it needed to be. I'll say this: Sable had a much better uh, finisher with the TKO than uh, Mero did when he did his TKO.
1: I would agree with that, and it's funny, it's the. The crowd was so hot for Sable to do anything. Anything. Oh. And the best part about this is, I think, you know, because I'm sitting there and watching, like, I'm like, man, this crowd's really... I don't remember this crowd being so fired up for this. But if you think about it, this is, like, c- comparable to having Miss Elizabeth get in the ring and really do something. Right. You know, which we, we didn't get in no. WWF. Uh, I think that, you know, with the storyline, the build-up was perfect. Sable was super, super over. You know, she's, you know... Bikini clad Raw magazine, the whole nine yards, and uh, there's a famous story, actually. There, okay, so the that I think within the first few last few months uh, leading up to the pay per view, uh, actually, and they showed a little clip of it where uh, Luna is, attacks Sable with the the little trophy. Mm-hmm. Right. That that segment was to kind of give Sable her flowers for being on the cover of Raw magazine, being one of the highest selling Raw magazines of all time. Right. But the trick is that's a, there were two covers to that magazine. There was her, and there was another one with Sonny. Sonny should have been in that segment. Mm. She was not in that segment. Mm. Do you know why she was not in that segment? Murder. the The rumor is
2: because she, she didn't get there yet. Because
1: she came at Sable, like like tried to get physical with her. Because she was jacked about how everything had been playing out, how she was being ignored,
2: okay. just like Meryl. Mm. So there's a lot going
1: on there, right? Uh, Sonny has been a troubled soul for a long time. You know, anytime <laughs>
2: anybody looks at
0: me and says, "Why are you into wrestling?" It's because of this shit. I'm no, serious. <laughs> Love the like, dirt. You can't make this up. Oh. And and the fact that they're all like most of these people are like 270 pounds and and you know great athletes and somewhat entertaining and. You have all these egos, and and wrestling is built in such a way that allows these things to always happen. That's why it's so much fun. Mm. Like, no other workplace could operate like this. No fucking way. not at all.
1: No way.
0: But, you know, when you don't offer people health insurance, they can do shit. Um, Because, you know, they're not worried about leaving. Right. Because they don't have health insurance. I mean, i put up a lot of shit at work because I still had a health plan.
1: (laughs) And I will give Sable uh, a lot of credit. I'll give Rena uh, Lesnar a lot of credit uh, because that's her first match that we know of. I'm yep. sure she, you know, practiced whatever. But like, it's her first match on the biggest show of the year, and she sold everything perfectly. Like her facial, her facial expressions were so good. She was selling. She was taking yeah. it very yeah. seriously. She, she was so serious and so the angry time. the whole time. Yeah, and that's what great. Need, if she looked awkward, if she looked uncomfortable, if she wasn't selling it facially, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked. Right. But the crowd was eating all of her body language up and Luna was selling everything great. She didn't want none until nope. the time yeah. was right. And then she really didn't want none after that.
2: Yeah, not even that. I mean, you know, with her going after, with uh, Sable going after Goldust and attacking him like in between the tags. Just knocking like, him out. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Like, you could tell that she was in it to win it. We got to see the, the first iteration of the Sable bomb. Yep. Right? Uh it wasn't called that then. No, just it was just a regular power bomb in the middle of the and match And I forgot but.
0: about that it wasn't the Sable bomb yet because when he said power bomb I was like, "Wait. Oh, yeah. hold on because I, yeah. all I know it is the Sable bomb, right?" Um one thing about this match that and and when it comes to exploiting women, the WWE does not always have a great track record of this. Women's Revolution having an opportunity to really kind of change that over. Right. Um Sable being very exploited a lot of times in her career with the WWE um very sensible ring attire like you know there wasn't it was a, fairly was conservative not, compared to what you would there, n- there from, was there like, was not a, a typical diva's match she was not being sexualized nope. and and neither was luna in that match well um, well you can't
1: sexualize um, her. well
0: i mean but you can <laughs> but i'm talking about i mean there wasn't minimalism where their their ring attire was concerned mm-hmm. and i thought i could almost be have guaranteed that they would have. But I mean, e- I mean, way more sensible to even the women used today in I'm a lot of cases.
1: Think, and, and to your point, I'm t- now I'm really thinking about it. This was before that. Yeah. This is, this is like... It was
0: well this before
2: that. Is well
1: before the, the athletic tens, the, that mandate. date. Uh, because now, we start creeping into that real quick. Yeah. You know, but this is right before it became a thing and, and, and ladies like Sonny and Sable ushered in that yeah. era. Uh,
0: we didn't have, we didn't have Lawler yelling about puppies throughout the match. He was still yelling. Oh,
1: yeah. He was still chirping. He chirps. But,
0: oh, he, oh, he He's chirps. He's good at that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> so, I, the last thing I want to say about this match, because uh, I I, this is way longer than I want to talk about this damn match, but I, I it was the one thing we haven't really said is, you know, we're talking about Sable a lot, and oh, Merrow, uh, LOL, met Mark Merrow, but man was so good. He was. He, so he was. Good. he had a
0: good look too.
1: Great look, great fucking athlete. He's not a small man. No, he's, he's not. He's hopping up on the top rope like it's nothing.
0: Yeah. Like you know, he's
1: incredibly agile.
0: You you think there's a there's an alternate universe where Mark Marrow didn't come in with Sable. He came in then, with this gimmick that he came, yep, in, with. came in with he would have been a contender. And also never competed and tough enough.
2: Was he in Tough Enough? Was he a tough enough? What are you kid? talking
0: about? Didn't he compete when they were doing like the Tough Enough, like the actual the wrestlers are in a fight challenge? Wasn't that Maven?
1: This is 1998, Mac.
0: No, I'm saying later on when they did that. I
1: have no recollection I don't think of this.
0: So. When when um when like the winner fought Butterbean, then they put like all the actual like fighters and wrestlers in. Wasn't Mark Marrow part of that?
1: Are you talking about tough enough? Like the tough enough,
0: like the the actual like the boxing, the actual boxing thing? Because that's he was what you're that's what I'm about. talking. Not not the reality show where I'm, I'm like no 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 what no the, about. the the OG tough enough before they went ahead and did the brawl for, for all is what you're talking. Is that brawl for all? Yes. I thought it was tough enough. No oh brawl for all that's yeah. why we were all confused ah shit my bad everybody <laughs>
1: oh wait did i miss
3: a, a I just, season tough I, enough for uh, I, just, I, I, res- I learned
0: something today my wrestling cred just leveled down two points
3: <laughs> yeah, it was brawl for X, all xps
0: just were taken away that from me when, everybody that uh bart,
1: uh, bart gun like yeah, was like we, just knocked we when
0: yeah out. when bart gun was like i'm gonna go up against butterbean and then butterbean's like no
1: well yeah yeah uh Mark Marrow, I'm pretty sure he I thought, was in it. I thought he
0: was in it and didn't, you know, as a gold, as like a four-time Golden Gloves or whatever he was, didn't exactly do as well as they thought he was going to. That was the last thing I remember Mark Marrow ever doing. We
1: should, we should just do a mini episode on just the, the, the brawl for all tournament. Oh yeah, that, that was a bad idea from inception because mm-hmm. you can't have these guys beating yeah. beating each other up, yeah. and getting seriously injured. Uh, Steve Williams. Dr. Death, who was a big deal in Japan and a big deal in WCW back in the day, comes and gets knocked out by Bart Gunn instantly, not over anymore. Yep. And he was a big deal. He came in as a big deal. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, enough of this match. Great match, great showing. Everybody looked good. Gold Dust always does exactly what he needs to do.
0: Yep. I was I was a big fan of uh, Mero having at least a six-count pin of Gold Dust before Luna came in and broke <laughs> it up, and they just kind of ignored that.
2: Yeah, well, you know. But all all in all, it was a good match. I think uh, we mentioned it earlier, but I think Luna gets overshadowed a a lot lot, in this match in particular uh, for what she did for women's wrestling Um, because she wasn't like, hey, I don't look like a model. I don't look like those 10 superstars, you know, uh, but I'm good at wrestling. And it's it's crazy because if you put her in
0: today, there's definitely a place for her. Because you have enough women wrestlers oh, yeah. Yeah. that that you have to have different yeah, gimmicks and different plays. The landscape is so different. She was so character based. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: she, and she's—I don't think I'd ever seen Luna not in character. Yeah. You know, sometimes you catch a wrestler like kind of not in character, but she was always there.
0: Well, you know, that's that's what happened to me at the grocery store with Dean Malenko. When you were submitted. Yeah, he was just still in character. So so. Does not appreciate me reaching for that rock. <laughs> he doesn't have
2: a character. He's just demon he, That's <laughs> it. He, he <laughs> just exudes so <laughs> one note. That's yeah. It.
1: Um. So we got the real quick backstage uh, introduction with that wasn't backstage, but uh, was it Jeff Jarrett brought Jeff out? Jarrett.
0: Yeah. Tennessee Flowers, Lee yeah. introduced Jeff ah, Jarrett Lee, and Jennifer Flowers just to introduce the Intercontinental Title.
2: Yeah. Just, match Just because Jeff Jarrett had nothing to do that night. Yeah.
1: I give. Listen. And I know people like to shit on Jeff Jarrett, uh, but Jeff Jarrett's who? a magnet. Name
2: um, one person who would shit
0: on Jeff Jarrett. I mean, I use one person who listened to this podcast particularly who might shit all over I don't Jeff. Think Jarrett. He listens
2: to the show anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Since he derailed it that one time, around, I almost destroyed the went show. a thirty-minute Jeff Jarrett rant. Uh, we love. I can't you. imagine who you're talking about. I love you, Drew.
1: Uh, so yeah so that Arby's. It, was, it was good it was yeah. blah 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 Jeff Jarrett got on TV got a payday yep uh, but yeah. the reason we're here for this at this point is The Rock versus Ken Shamrock for the Intercontinental Championship which uh. it's unfortunate <laughs> because it only got four minutes the shortest seconds. match of the night man you could have shaved some minutes off the Mark Merrow the match.
2: intro with uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jennifer Flowers was longer than yeah, the match was it, it was um this pay-per-view took place in Boston
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And you know, Fleet Center, it it did, and and uh, you know, the the nation did not exactly get the reception that they may have gotten other places, as maybe they did in Boston. And I think The Rock was taking a lot of shit in Boston. Um, it just, it just like I, I, it was weird seeing The Rock not like fully over.
1: I thought he was being booed pretty heavily. He was over. Well,
0: he was, but I mean, in terms, but like we've even seen times when The Rock is, you know, the heel, and then he goes to do the people's elbow, and everybody still loses their fucking mind. So, we,
1: okay, you, I see where you're going with this, but I, I, my counter argument to that, or at least my addition, is isn't so much. I think he was getting the exact response he was supposed to be getting, because this isn't this isn't SummerSlam Rock. That's or, true. This isn't this is '98 Rock, but this is off the heels. He is now fully invested as a heel yeah we're talking like die rocky die rocky sucks these people have hated this man since like mid 97 (laughs) when they turned on him out of nowhere so this is perfect man like this is there's there are stories of heels back in the 80s where like if if you were almost stabbed by an audience member that's a good thing that's what you wanted. You wanted the type of heat yeah, where they wanted you to die. I, thought they that's, were, that's, I, you know I actually thought right. the
0: fans were going to kill him.
1: Well, because that's, because, listen, that's another issue I have with heels now. Like, motherfuckers want to be cool heels. I mean, and yeah, to be fair, The Rock was a cool heel, but, like, a heel can have no redeeming qualities. They can't be funny. They can't be snarky. They can't dress really well. They the sunglasses on, indoors. Fuck that. Who does that? People, weird people do that. You know who you are. The
2: Rock
0: does that. Yeah. Well,
1: because he is the people's champ.
0: I just felt I just felt the Boston crowd was a little bit too much of a
2: mass hole for me in that case. I
1: also feel like that's a weird stance to take.
2: Well, when he started telling the story for the audience who can't see Dave, he had a very like sad. I feel really bad for the Rock moment. Like, I he did. was, was inflected. I did. Like... I was really. <laughs> I really. I really felt for him. But, you're, but he's supposed to be hated. He's yeah, a heel. That's the whole point of
0: I, a heel. I. I just. I don't. I don't. I don't know. My. my,
2: I, they, they,
1: my he doesn't heard, like
0: Boston. There's a lot Dave of yeah, like apparently
1: who takes. No, I love I love Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like, we like, had a great Boston time in Boston,
0: Boston but crowd. like, but like you know, I was I just I I just I felt something when when that match was going on. And I just I just didn't like. You, it. Were, you know what you felt? I was very against you the Boston crowd on in a that case. for some reason. I was, I'll, some I'll some reason. I was very upset about it.
1: I'll tell you what you felt, Mac. Heel heat. That's what you felt. You don't feel that these days anymore because no maybe that's probably has what it was. Feel.
0: That might have because like there's a point in the match and again like four minutes right. I mean you know I watched it a few times, but like there's a point where rocks outside the ring and like you know you could just see that the fans were doing something or saying something to him because like he even stopped and kind of looked back and you just saw the middle fingers going up on the rock oh, yeah, and everything yeah, and
1: flipping them off. I felt a little bad for the rock well they're supposed to flip him off they hate him I, I get it but just <laughs> no I just felt
2: personally See, yeah, bad. I don't think we'd
1: be here today discussing uh, like the, the 101's of being a babyface and being a fucking heel but heels are supposed you, to be hated
2: ah uh, you know it's kind of the point
0: how about for the Tennessee let's go back here to the Tennessee Lee no. introduction real about, quick do we
1: need to go back there's just one thing I
0: wanted about. to point out they had one microphone for that yes just one. And they had to keep handing the microphone back around to each other.
1: Times were tough, man. Man,
0: times were lean at that point <laughs> for WWE. Different times, yeah, man. That's all. Mm. all right. As you were.
1: But yeah, the match was fine for four minutes and 49 fucking seconds. Uh, can we talk about the fucking chair shots?
2: Chair that, shots. Ooh. That, Ooh. that was, <laughs> Ken
1: Shamrock's taking. My first
2: note was chair shots, man. Dot, dot, dot.
1: Ooh. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. cause
2: <sighs> My man could take it, but... How much damage How much damage <laughs> How much Listen, permanent damage Is done to Ken Shamrock's Fucking skull I look at it the other way around Ken Shamrock took a chair shot To the face And the chair lost
1: <laughs> Somebody lost
0: Cause that man Walked into that ring Like a package of muscles
2: Shrink wrapped Into human form
1: Dude he's dude, Look I know Every time we talk about Ken Shamrock I bring it up And I am bring it up Every single fucking time Cause he should have been Heavyweight champion once
2: World's most dangerous He was man. over
3: mm-hmm.
1: The crowd was behind him He looked like a fucking champ he was in great shape. He had a finisher that no one else was going to no one else was doing. And he got it over himself. Yeah. He was credible. He was a legit tough guy, a legit badass.
0: A lot of people think but when they think the ankle lock they're thinking Kurt Angle, no, but Ken, no, it was Ken, Ken fucking Shamrock. Shamrock. And he also did like the step-up hurricane rana, which was always really He's good too. also a really uh,
2: He's very athletic. Sh- there were a
0: lot of hurricane ranas in this pay This pay-per-view. show
1: was filled with a lot of very fairly large, incredibly agile guys. Undertaker, yeah. Yeah. Ken Shamrock, uh Dustin's very agile. He doesn't seem like he is, but he is. Mark Marrow.
0: he's got that dusty rose. Owen's very agile yeah. for being
1: like a not a small small, small man. Uh, but the match was great, and you know we got to see a people's elbow without the elbow pad being taken off. That bothered me. It was, it was prior.
0: Oh my God, like like I, I guess that's what it goes down to is like when I saw the people's elbow, and the pad didn't come what off. What you
2: know it to be is not what it was. At and that nobody point reacted. Time. No one yeah. popped.
0: Nobody was popping. It felt wrong to me. Like, it felt it felt like when you, like, accidentally walked into the wrong room and you saw Santa Claus taking off his beard and you realized that wasn't Santa, it was some fucking dude that you sometimes see, like, sweeping the floors at your middle school kind of a thing. Like, it felt really, this whole match was uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable talking about it right now.
1: I can tell it's yeah.
0: This is like it's, a
2: weird therapy session for Mac is. right now.
0: And and just to make me feel a little bit better, did anybody else notice that Ken Shamrock's hair looked like a Lego piece? Like I swear to God. <laughs> You know, you I know. did not have that note. Uh, I I did. Wait, but like,
1: Legos are little bricks.
0: They are. So you know, like when you had your regular Lego dude, and like he just had like the brown hair that you just stuck on. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's what Ken Shamrock's haircut looked like. I swear to God, if you popped up his hair, he had a little fucking circle on top, and his head was concave all the way around. It, it was just a peg <laughs> underneath was. that. All right. I'm sorry, Ken uh, Shamrock, boy. if you're listening, you know what you did.
1: I feel like our review of this match has now gone longer than the fucking match. <laughs> it, really, it really has. It definitely so, has. This, this match was a great example. Uh, so the finish basically is, uh, Shetrock beats The Rock. <laughs> the with crowd the ankle erupts. Lock. Everybody's fired up and excited. Yay. We won't let go of the ankle lock. Yeah. And they just starts suplexing wrestlers dressed as referees because none of those motherfuckers were referees. Yeah.
2: He went full on rage. He goes, ape shit. And attacks everyone. They send out eight referees and he's, he's just destroying everyone uh the nation gets involved uh he had, takes out everyone in the nation then Farouk comes out uh we start uh, yes, to yes. we start to see uh the cracks in the foundation if you will of the nation uh farouk refuses to help the rock he's back in the ankle lock again his mouth's bleeding oh so pleading, such a visual, just pleading it. for farouk's help and <laughs> he's, he's like, like not, he's like you know what i'm out
1: and he just bounces yeah,
2: in his denim jeans it's, Listen,
1: you you gonna tell him about it yourself? No.
2: <laughs> you Hell no to, He can, can fucking wear whatever about he wants. His, <laughs> you
3: ain't saying shit to that
1: guy's face. Oh my god. Well um uh,
2: uh, So then they reverse the call. Yes. They give the belt back to the rock. Uh Shamrock goes even more ape shit. Uh, chases the rock down in the stretcher, beats the shit it. Out, it of beats the out of him back there.
1: Even more poor rock. Just <laughs> he beat doesn't up.
0: know what's you, going on. You no can... wonder you feel so bad yeah, for him, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, you know, guys. Like when you're watching like the first Fast and the Furious movie, and Where they ha- this going? just give me a second. Okay, all right, I'll get there. And uh, they have the Nos in the car. Yes, this is gonna. We're gonna have another Fast and Furious reference coming up later on. Uh, here. Unfortunately. Um, it's never gonna plan that far ahead. But you're never allowed to have like, but you're not supposed to do Nos twice because it's gonna blow up the engine. That's how Ken Shamrock was with the cocaine <laughs> in this match. Because the first hit of cocaine and he belly-to-belly, belly, he's still belly-to-belly belly suplexing people. He's still, he's still, he's s- still tossing he's people. He's still tossing people, right? And then you see the second hit when he goes to the slowest stretcher roll out of an arena <laughs> <laughs> in the <laughs> face of the planet, right? Like, this, oh my like, God. like, I'm sitting there like, they had at least a solid
2: six-minute head start to get that stretcher out, and they weren't even past the curve of the runway. <laughs> no. No. And rock but, just
1: gets his ass beat further.
2: But for the first time, we got to see uh, them take advantage of destroying the DX band's drum set. Yeah. Because that comes back around here the The slam... The, there were more hits of Rock hitting the
0: stage than DX had that night, the DX band playing. That's how many hits... They did not have, because they sucked with America the Beautiful uh-huh. and the National so, Anthem. See uh, there? To,
1: to put got a it. button on this match, it. I yeah. think this match is a really good example of uh, getting over without going over. Shamrock you know, technically lost the match, but he got over more as a babyface. The Rock technically lost the match, but then won it anyhow, and it made him look even better. Uh, I think everybody came up looking much better than they did going in.
2: It worked out. It still felt like
0: fuzzy math to me, the outcome of that match, where they gave the title back to Rock. Like, I mean, I understand this is wrestling logic and we shouldn't be considering this in the prism of a real world. You really can't. That match match was well over beyond the point in time that they needed to rule that, oh, well, you know what? He just instead of being an asshole afterwards. Well, he
1: wouldn't let go of the ankle lock. (laughs) And then they they reversed
0: it. I just, you know what? He should have reversed the ankle lock if he was the real rock.
1: (laughs) So next up is, uh, and I know Max is going to enjoy this one. Because one, it's New Age Outlaws and it's a gimmick match.
0: This Uh, was actually, I think, my favorite match of the night. There was a ladder. It, 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 it was. There was a ladder.
2: There yeah. was. Uh,
1: do we Fuck you guys. Well, listen, we've, we've sit learned there and your top
2: sit matches your gimmick he, matches. He's, he's a big There's nothing Astro. wrong with that. Yeah, he's just... a big Astro guy and a big ladder match guy. Astro,
3: oh. Astro guy. Oh.
2: God, uh, Jeff just
0: came up with my Sega channel. Oh,
1: my God. It's one of the funniest things you've ever said,
0: Dave. Oh. I know. Uh, so, yeah, the... a dumpster no, match. I, because I've, I felt that this match had... I actually felt like as the match went on, it actually had the most going for it in terms of, like, because it, I said Mick Foley tried to single-handedly, like, like save this pay-per-view by taking every bump humanly possible that he could. Like, I felt everything Cactus Jack did in this match. I
1: fucking love Mick Foley. He's, we he's, all fucking love Mick Foley. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all, like, it's not even fucking close. There's, like, Mick Foley, let's say Mick Foley's number five right and everybody yeah. else is just like somewhere else yeah. they're not even 6 7 8 they're just yeah. somewhere else yeah. Mick Foley is the th- Mick Foley is the type of guy who no matter what match he's in no matter where he's at on the card no matter how much he's being paid he's going to put everything he fucking has into that one match Does not and, hold back
0: and i th- and i think that's why when i said i think this was my favorite match of the night it's because of that it's really not because it's a gimmick match i just felt that like you know in a time when there's a void you know Bret Hart's gone and you know Sean's gone. You know, like you like they they know something's coming up. I'm sure people in the back know there's no way even if moment, even if it's not even like long term, like Sean's fucked up and yeah. and there's gonna be a, a, a an opening for people to kind of step in. I felt that, you know, even though matches in this pay-per-view were very good. I still felt like they were still within the lines, I think is the best way that I could kind of point it. Like, they didn't exactly try to take a lot of risks. I thought a lot of this pay-per-view was really kind of playing it safe. In this match, I didn't feel like anybody played it safe. I think all, all the guys that were in this match, uh, including uh, Chainsaw Charlie. The one, and all, the one and only Terry Funk. The, um, no. No, Chainsaw Charlie. Uh, I know he was called Chainsaw Charlie because he had a chainsaw. When he was going to the ring, and they called him Charlie. Um, And, you know, I don't care what JR kept saying, calling him Terry Funk, uh, because what's the point I'm getting at here is that you can tell the point where Vince McMahon got in JR's ear. When he, when he started calling him Funk during the beginning of the match. Because there's a point in the match for like two minutes where there's no commentary. And you know that was Vince fucking ringing him out. Like, don't fucking call him Terry Funk. You call him Chainsaw Charlie. And then like six minutes into the match, JR's like, you know what? Fuck it. He's Funk. He just, <laughs> he, he just didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Um, that was I also, did not pick up on that. Oh, I, there was like the first time he comes in Chainsaw Charlie and then JR immediately calls him Funk. And then it's quiet for about at least a solid 30, 40 seconds. And I'm like, oh, Vince is in his ear right now. Don't call him Funk.
1: So uh, I don't, me personally, you guys talk about whatever you want. I don't really want to talk about the match Um, because the match was cool. and, and, And the only thing I'll say about the match itself is that the match, this whole show was booked really well. It was. There was no other match that had that level of chaos. and That's why that chaos meant something. What I want to talk about, real briefly, is I'm so fascinated by the New Age Outlaws. Like, who they are, what they are, how long they lasted, and how, for some strange reason, they are still, like, considered, like, one of the great tag They're teams. They're still over. But, like... Yep. But, like, but, dude, they were around for, like, three years. Mm-hmm. Max. Mm-hmm. Like, being very fucking generous. And, and during that three years, they weren't even, like... Some of the time, they weren't even a tag team anymore. Right. Uh, I find it fascinating that, like, they are, n- they are not in my top. Like, top ten, sure easy top 10 but like not because they were a great team but because they were great characters and mostly just rope dog honestly
0: yeah um i just got one thing to say about that jones this is again the new age outlaws completely and utterly made by this one thing ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages D Generation X proudly brings to you the WWE Tag Team Champions of the World, the Road Dog Jesse James, the badass Billy Gunn, the new age outlaws.
2: That yeah. did, did you pick up on you guys watched it on Peacock, yeah. right? Yeah. When he's when he's doing the promo while they're walking out, mm-hmm. how the the audio cuts out when he Says WWF yeah. instead of WWF, which was the
0: only time they did
2: that. Because other times they said WWF during the commentary where they didn't cut that out. Yeah, is weird. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if you look back at all the tag teams over the years, uh, I'm on the same page as you. Like they don't stand out as like proficient wrestlers. Like uh, they had a great run, and I think it was because of the. The animal that DX was. Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily like it's because of those two. I mean, if you look at what Billy Gunn is doing in fucking AEW, it's stupid. Yes. Um, Ass man or whatever. S- the me Ass Daddy. Boys, yeah, Scissor Me Daddy, <laughs> uh, which is fucking weird. It Jeez. is,
1: but it's it's over. Time. <laughs> it is.
2: Jesus Christ, he's but, like a grandpa at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah This yeah. is like bad grandpa. Those
1: well, kids are wrestling with him. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think it's more about the characters. And the entertainment value than yes. it is the actual yeah, in-ring kind of ability uh, or what they were able to do uh, as a tag team you know, in what's, general. What's
1: weird to me, like, hear me out. Like, I, I think of, like, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002 wrestling, tag team wrestling. And, like, the New Age Outlaws just missed all that good shit. Can you imagine yeah. mixing it up with the Hardys and the Dudleys. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and Just education. them and the Dudleys
0: would have been phenomenal to and, be a part of. And
1: it's so unfortunate that they didn't get that opportunity. You know, because who were they really going up against? Who were their big competitors? Legion of Doom. Yeah. Chainsaw Charlie and Terry, and Terry Punk. And, <laughs> and, and, and Cactus Jack.
0: And Terry Funk, and Terry Funk, and yeah. Dude Love, and Mankind, and Mankind, and McFoley, yeah, whole bunch of them. They're the whole stable just between the two of them. I'm
1: just, it's just interesting. Like I, 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 love, I love New Age Outlaws, but I don't love them because they're for the reasons I love, uh, you know, the Hardys, or the reason I love the British Bulldogs because they were a team. They were yeah. a team for a long time. You know, Hart Foundation were a team for a long time. The New Age Outlaws were a team for like two and a half years, maybe. But they were so white hot at the at the right time,
0: and they were complimentary wrestlers to each other it
1: was good because gunn was the athletics yep he was billy gunn it's weird he's another guy like he's way bigger than you think he is yes that dude's like six four almost yeah six five he's a big boy he yeah. doesn't look like he is though mm-hmm. he's incredibly athletic yeah he's a great yep. wrestler actually road dog I, I mean he's he's a good wrestler generally but he's great, a great and, and
0: great on the mic
1: but it's but that's my thing like it's but Billy Gunn's not great on the mic, but he's great in the ring. Yeah. Uh Road Dog's great on the mic, but not great in the ring. Yeah. You know, so it's a really nice balance between the two. And they can cover up each other's weaknesses.
0: They they, compl- the, they the definitely sum, do. Yeah, the sum of the parts there were were definitely, you know, creating a, a, a greater whole. Thank you, kiggity. Uh where those are concerned. So
1: but yeah. yeah. Uh, and the only thing I want to say about the match is much respect for Terry Funk, because my man, much like McFoley puts everything into every match he's in.
0: And I think that's why I like this match is that I, I believed these wrestlers in their performance. I think more so than I believed a lot of the other wrestlers and their performances in this pay-per-view. Because the match after this, I had a hard time watching because of how many times I've seen it since. And I don't know that you would say that the Kane, this Kane-Undertaker match was the best Kane-Undertaker match you've probably ever seen. Yeah. But it might have been I mean it was the first one we've ever really seen though, right? It is the first one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, knowing the work that those guys did against each other and with each other afterwards um made this almost like a, you know, a vanilla ice cream match for me. And and in a lot of cases. Not at all because Undertaker again, as you said earlier Jones, how many big athletic guys that the WWE had? I mean, just seeing a younger Taker doing some of the shit that even older Taker would still do. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is, which is fucking crazy in itself. Um, but, um, you know, so goddamn athletic.
2: Yeah. For as big a as they a are. guy
0: should not move like that. And I like that he had Kane at this because you could really started to have an opportunity where you could see Undertaker do what he could do with a guy his size that could take him doing what he could do. Cause there was, uh, there was one move where like Taker ended up like on top of Kane's shoulders and I'm like, he's not going to fucking do that with, like, Chinoku, right? If he did that, talk is, like, through the ring. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a different dynamic. Yeah. Just going back to the last match real quick, uh, my final thoughts were, this match had everything you'd expect. A dumpster, a ladder, someone going from a ladder into the dumpster, a powerbomb into a dumpster, a forklift. a giant surge bottle yes
3: yep uh, yes which is very
2: 90s ah the fully soda the fully loaded citrus soda with Carbo's. yeah rush yeah uh and cactus jack and terry funk use an even bigger dumpster and the forklift to uh win the match but like i was like holy shit that's a surge bottle and you know at this time like surge was like taking off as like a, a coke brand or whatever And I don't know if you guys have the same thing, but in my high school, they brought in a surge, like a surge vending machine that only served surge, which is like a weird thing to like market to kids (laughs) for low cost.
0: So, so we had, we didn't have the, we didn't have the, I, and I, I I marked the same way when I saw the surge bottle, because I remember those bottles in grocery stores and stuff. They're these big plastic bottles that they'd fill with ice and then put drinks in and you'd have to reach into the bottle to pull out your yep. your beverage, um, I loved Surge when I was like in junior high and in high school. They at the at the hockey rink that I played in, they had a vending machine that had it wasn't a Surge vending machine, but it had like three things of Surge, and I would always get it. And then one day, this uh, guy who was the paramedic at all our hockey games, he saw me getting a Surge. He goes, "You know, what you should do with that." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Put it in the freezer and freeze it." Because it ends up tasting completely different when you pull it out of the freezer and, like, becomes a slushy, He's, like, so much better. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Like, the knowledge this guy had. The life experience. (laughs) So, like, I tried it. And it was. It was awesome. Um, I loved Surge. I wish Surge never went away. It's, like, one of two, like, like, vending machine drinks that I always really loved. The other was Jagged Ice Powerade. As an athlete, if you ever went to a hockey rink or anything, you get the jaggedized Powerade. That shit was the best. It was like purple-blue. Fucking awesome. And they've never brought it back. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this Coca-Cola company, bring back some fucking jaggedized Powerade. So surge went away. It
2: did, unfortunately. And then they brought it back out a few years ago. They did. And it the nostalgia wasn't... wasn't no. It, it was not good. Oh, no. I got Monster
1: Energy drink. Why do I need fucking Surge? That's the thing. Like, <laughs> like, like,
2: in, in, so it was very short-lived. And the Surge uh, vacuum
0: that yeah. it left, uh, a lot of things filled that
2: void. Really quickly. Yeah, really and really for quickly. some reason, I always think of... Uh, what's the drink in Futurama? Slurm? Yeah. Mm. It's like the Futurama version of Surge. Like That's what I think of every time. But I thought it was worth noting because you know we're, we're kids of that generation. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dear dear sweet listeners, uh, do yourself a favor. Go on to YouTube... Pull up
0: a surge commercial from the nineties and just, you know, just see what we just see right. what we were subjected
2: to. Get fucking amped. Just get so surge. fucking amped yeah. over Surge. I'm
1: not even sure it even fucking worked. Yeah. It was just in my head.
2: Uh but the next match, Undertaker versus Kane. Yes. Brother versus brother. It's gotta be Kane. Uh, wait, that's
1: gonna be Kane! That's gonna be Kane <laughs> Uh
2: the build up to this match was, oh I don't wanna fight my brother. Uh then I get burned alive. In a fucking coffin match, and then apparently, me and my brother now have superpowers where we can just electrocute people and control lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch people on fire. A camera guy got caught on fire. It's good times. <laughs> my 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 only note
0: to that was just watching that it's watching so the video absurd. thing. Well, first off, was Michael Cole doing the voiceover for that? Yes. yes yeah, that's what I thought it did, was. Yeah. Um, just Undertaker versus Kane. Colon. So many powers. That's all I had.
3: <laughs> I, That's I, I, my note. I, I felt like
0: that was enough. <laughs> so, Not I may have more mo- notes about the match, but just in terms of just the the build up to that, yeah, it's like they wow.
2: and they like they were doing it like fucking Emperor Palpatine, like throwing Force Lightning. Yeah. Like uh, it was so stupid.
1: So the match itself, like, so uh, in, when you know in the in the archives, we did cover Undertaker's career. Uh, and we I feel like we could have done way more. If we ran out of time, uh, but we did cover Undertaker's career. And I and I'm gonna kind of go back to what I said and. It's, I don't really typically like Undertaker matches. Um, I just like the character, you know.
2: The character's great, the gimmick's great, the fucking intro. This intro was fire, literally. Literally. How many druids? (laughs) So many druids. So many. All the druids. So so many torches. So many.
1: (laughs) For my money, uh, this feud uh, is like my my creme de la creme example of why the undertaker is the greatest gimmick of all time. Like if you stop and think about who the undertaker is, we have gone from invincible, you know, Jason Voorhees type to the body bag, to the caskets, to the, 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 the doppelgangers, to the lightning strikes, to being buried alive, to, to, to being a devil worshiper, to being a, a demonic deity, all this stuff. And it always works. Even when it doesn't, it still works because The Undertaker is the greatest creation Invisible Man has ever had.
2: You know what doesn't work? So we have the Dead Man, one of the greatest wrestling characters ever. Ever. Versus his undead, thought-to-be-burned-alive brother. Introed by the one and only Pete Rose Uh, for no (laughs) fucking reason except to come out, insult the crowd, and then get Tombstone. He shit all over the crowd.
0: (laughs) Um... I I, I I felt like in terms of, you know, bringing the metaphorical heat, you know, not what Kane's, you know, pumping out of the ring posts, um, just to go ahead and call up Bunky Dent and Bill Buckner to a baseball city that hasn't won a World Series in like 95 years at that point in time, that lives, loves
2: baseball probably more than anything. This was the second time in the, in the pay-per-view where Dave got real sad. <laughs> it was The Rock and then it was the Red Sox fans. <laughs> but like
0: no, it's just. I mean, I I was always a big fan of of shitting over Bo- shitting all over Boston fans, especially even now. But they've won a whole so, lot. So okay, then. wait
1: a minute. I get it now. You heard what he just said. Yep. That's your tell right there. Mm. You always enjoy shitting all over Boston fans. I do. So it wasn't the fact that they were? It was. I just want to show all over mean them to physically the rock, and it was literally. That you actually just don't like the Boston. I don't people. like <laughs> the Boston
0: fans. No, those, <laughs> I don't like the Boston sports fans. I like Boston people because the third of my family's from uh-huh. there, and I don't know if that third's Doesn't really mean you have to like them. I, that's right. I mean, I don't know necessarily yeah, that they're fair. really listening to this podcast or not. But in case they ever do, guys, you you're all right? Um, <laughs> you cool. You cool. <laughs> you cool um, but like, there's 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 a whole thing with with Boston sports fans where they have a chip on their shoulder because they're not New York and they know they're not New York and New York in sports has always had a lot more success overall um, especially at that point in time because Boston had not won a championship and anything for, for quite a while um, and they're always just envious of being like they always wanted to be New York because New York was number one and they were just number two and I hated that hmm. um, so you know maybe I'm shitting all over their fans a little bit yeah maybe but you just know just whatever
1: hey listen own it yeah I'm not judging you.
0: So, Boston, you know what you did. Fuck Tom, <laughs> you, fuck you Tom Brady. You fuck did. you, Tom Brady. All right. I was there that night. I was there two of those nights when he cheated. I know what you
1: did last summer. Never no, uh, forget. Never
0: um, forget. So, yeah. Uh, we had a good time when we were up there, though. Great was a time. Was a lot of, yeah, town was awesome. So yeah So,
1: to the, to the point of the match where, like, there's all these different things Undertaker's been able to accomplish as a character, as a gimmick. But none more ridiculous. Listen, I will take the doppelgangers. I will take lightning strikes. The fake, I will take them being the buried the fuck alive and then raising up. I remember that. I saw that show. I was. I saw that shit happen. Did you
0: guys ever wonder why they tried killing the dead man so many times? And were surprised he just came back? No. But like that just occurred to me. It's like they really tried to kill the Undertaker a lot, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's back!" Point. And it's like. He's the The Undertaker. I mean, he's already dead. Never would have guessed that would happen. You can't kill the dead man.
1: So, but none more ridiculous than the fucking long thought dead and forgotten brother Kane. But the best part about this is, as absurd as it is, as ridiculous as it is, it fucking worked. It was fantastic, actually. It was pretty great. Glenn Jacobs, who... nothing to say about his, his political beliefs as mayor of wherever in Tennessee fuck that but i'll tell you what yeah i said it but as a wrestler uh he took the gimmick the character of Kane obviously very seriously and you know i i made it a point to write that it it spoke volumes of what the the man Mark Calloway felt about Glenn Jacobs to allow him to kick out of the, the tombstone. Yep. Twice. That's big.
2: Mm-hmm. Fuck. Twice.
1: It, it don't get no bigger than that.
2: No. Because like, as a fan, as a kid, you're like, Oh, it's over. Kane really is indestructible. Like, he kicked out of the tombstone twice. Well,
1: can, what kid was, other tickets have to light him on fire again. Yeah.
2: Again. But mean? yeah,
1: I, I, I thought the match was fine.
0: Uh spring
2: marshmallows next time. They day. gave it the time. This yeah, was, they did. Up, up to this Dan point, this was the minutes. longest match on the card. There weren't really any matches minutes.
0: on the card that were double digits up to this point, were they? I mean, every mm-hmm. every match was under ten minutes, yeah, and this wasn't right around ten or less. It's just so it's so funny watching this pay per view because this is really the anti today pay per view, right? You know, we're releasing this episode right before WrestleMania is coming out, and in case you you're been living on a rock somewhere, uh, if you smell what it's cooking, thank you. Um, WrestleMania is a two night show now, mm. right? This was seven, eight matches? Eight. Eight. Eight matches. And most of the matches were The Rock had four minutes.
1: Yeah, ain't that something?
0: <laughs> in a in a night where there were eight matches, one of them was four minutes long. Yep. The take of him from the from in the on the stretcher took twice that long.
3: <laughs>
0: but like, yeah, it it's this was such an anti This is a very different WrestleMania than anything we're probably kind of used to seeing and are used to seeing now just in how opposite everything is now. Big venue, you know, it's a football stadium now every time they do it. It's never going to be in an arena again. Never. Right. Um, You've got, you know, um, a bunch of guys that are now Hall of Famers, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, But you also have, um, well, you get the idea. There's just, it's a very opposite WrestleMania than what we're used to seeing now.
2: One thing that was always interesting so, like, now they always tell how many tickets they sold. So then yeah. they sold 19,028 in attendance. But they also said how much money they made yeah, off of ticket that, that sales. that stood out to me. <laughs> Which I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to brag about. Well, they were
1: pretty excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're making money this year, guys. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> we
2: can finally pay our talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's great.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think the match was, was fine. Okay, here's my question. Before I move on, because I, there's not much I can really say about this match outside of it. it's an Undertaker versus Kane match. Which one is yep. your favorite? This one or the one at WrestleMania 20? Have you guys seen that
3: match?
2: I have. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I feel like every Undertaker Kane match is pretty much the same.
3: All right. So I'll say 20. Why?
0: I just think that, you know, I just think that they worked just a little bit better. I haven't I haven't watched the match well, in a while, but there were
2: six years of Undertaker Kane matches in between. No, <laughs> I, I I know I know, but I'm just saying I
0: just I just I just I don't know I just think that that it just worked a little bit better at that point, you know. There
2: you have a point where there's not really a feeling out process for each other. Well, I think this one felt more personal because it's the first one, and they were like they dug up all the dirt, and the Paul Bearer was telling the story, um, and really selling it that. Yeah, you know, Paul Barrett man. He yes. died. It's your fault. <laughs> Tell the people that you murdered so, your brother. What's yours then? This match, this first one.
1: Okay, so I, so okay, and this may sell you on twenty. I think twenty is is a, is a vastly superior match, not because uh, the in ring work. Oh, the the match was fine, no better than this one. But it's not the match; it's the idea, right? That match is amazing to me because this match took place at WrestleMania. The first time ever, technically. Uh, so at Survivor Series, leading up to WrestleMania 20, Vince McMahon and Undertaker are fighting each other in a buried alive match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undertaker ends up getting buried by Kane, who they weren't feuding together. He just pops up out of fucking nowhere, like Sabretooth and Wolverine. Just it's your birthday, <laughs> boy. I'm gonna show you. <laughs> like, like, but he comes out of nowhere. Undertaker's the biker at this point. Buries him alive at Survivor Series, November of 2003. Buries his ass, kills him. Here lies my brother. Kane is now an insane. Kane now the mask is off. His bald head, kind of weird haircut. Yeah. He's still he's has not the bad.
0: contact lens.
1: Yeah. He's like full-on evil villain Kane. And then you start having the lights go out and the and the bong and all that and it's a an yeah. Royal Rumble and then but the
2: best fucking back from part the dead is, the again.
1: The Best part is at wrestlemania 20 kane comes out there's no way undertaker said he's not gonna show up there's no way he's gonna show up the fucking druids come out just like at wrestlemania 14 the druids come out and the motherfucker wearing the exact same thing he wore when he was buried that's the thing <laughs> yeah. it's like a weird thing that's to a me. Pay, it's a payoff it's yeah. like yeah he rose from
2: the literally yeah
1: dead with paul fucking Baron. got him <laughs> like to me is the like the best payoff of an angle yeah. because it made some sense as ridiculous as it was <laughs> actually. Yeah. Like to, that is why WrestleMania 20's match is that is the best one because it it is the it is a full-ass circle we just made. Kane, Druids, Paul Bear, Kane and Undertaker. Years later we do it again at WrestleMania 20 of all fucking places. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I just love that shit. I I, I, I ate that match up uh but you know what what, was what, up?
2: what number was this in the streak do you guys know hold on that just popped into my head like this was in the streak so this yeah. would
1: be like seven and oh maybe six or seven and oh
2: maybe before it was a thing that was definitely before it was a thing
1: was it his wrestlemania his first wrestlemania was WrestleMania seven so it's like a seventh or so seventh, something like that yeah. So yeah, we, we're we're getting he's knee deep yeah. in it actually. Yeah.
2: we're building some momentum yeah. towards that.
1: Uh, so speaking about momentum, we are here to talk about why we're even here tonight, today, this morning actually, not even nighttime. Uh, or it might be nighttime where you are. Uh, I don't know what you fucking do with your life, listeners. Uh, not Midnight, joking. listener.
2: Midnight. Well, we all know he listens at night.
1: Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Taking on the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. For the world's it's heavyweight championship. Pretty big deal. Um, so, Dave?
0: What's up?
1: The floor is yours.
0: Um, yeah, Stone Cold was, uh, was was a badass. This was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, anyhow. He's like, actually, I don't even like Stone Cold. I fucking hate that. Uh, I'm a Shawn Michaels guy. Next week... Uh, <laughs> no, I was just pulling up the streak real quick. Uh, it was uh, seven. seven. it was a seven match. Yeah, yeah. Undertaker it was seven and zero. So, um,
2: all right. So, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, more importantly, this is the second week in a row that we've talked about Mike Tyson. That's true.
1: That is weird. Oh man.
2: You know, I was out at this. Uh, I was out at this
0: uh, clubhouse cards. It's a like trading card collectible store over by the mall stopped in yesterday looking for something real quick and up on the wall they have a a a picture of Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's Punch Out autographed by Mike Tyson that's pretty cool that's pretty dope that I thought was pretty pretty cool and and all the dumb shit that I collect I'm like you know what that's actually one I would actually be really proud to show off um so um we're we're entering the 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 stratosphere of the of the planet that was Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, at this point, and this is really when Stone Cold um, is officially going to take over uh, WWE. That he's going to become the the guy. Um, you know they're gonna they're gonna hitch their wagon to him, and we're gonna we're gonna see how far this thing goes. We're just gonna go as as far as you can take us. Um, so you, you had. A lot of buildup of stone cold's legend leading into this you had the the match with bret hart where he you know didn't tap to the sharpshooter uh, you had the king of the ring where you know we, we start building up the catchphrases and you know like i said there, there there's always a time with a wrestler where the character and the persona blend when the wrestler becomes the 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 the, the, the person and the person becomes the wrestler and, you know, you're, you're really getting into this point with, with Stone Cold uh, at this point because the, that, that, that star is starting to just shoot. But in his way is uh, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, again, how much heat do you have on Shawn Michaels being a few months after the Montreal screw Screwjob? Um, and you have a lot of the history that's been there with Shawn uh, up to that point in time. Um, but you also have a very injured Shawn Michaels. And it was one of the things that I, especially where this match was concerned,
2: is that, um, you can tell that he's injured. Even though it wasn't public knowledge per se, you could definitely tell that he was off. Yeah. Um, because I mean,
0: if you think about this, put it on paper, just put it on paper. You've got Stone Cold at the beginning of Stone Cold, and you've got Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, the guy. When we when we went ahead and we're talking about our favorite matches, you know you can go over so many Shawn Michaels iconic matches, and there are a whole bunch we didn't even talk about. Um, and how many times this guy steals the show at WrestleMania. And it's not just because you get to see his ass again. I know you were excited about that. I do have a note (laughs) that we do get this twice, as a matter of fact. It's It's not really a pay-per-view unless you see Sean's ass, I feel, at this point in his career. Um, But you're right. Like, Sean, Sean's major heel, he's got Iron Mike Tyson, right? The
2: baddest man on the planet at this point, right? That was peak Mike Tyson, too. That was peak Mike Tyson. That was pre-face tattoo, Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah, pre... Although, you know, I did think it was interesting when the crowd was chanting Evander Holyfield, no, Holyfield's <laughs> name in there, and, like, you know, like, JR's like, I can't hear what they're I saying. I can't
1: quite make it out.
0: And I was like, no, they're chanting Holyfield, which was which was a hell of a thing, right? Um, yeah, but she had, had... This was a match of, of Mr. WrestleMania versus the greatest of all time. Um, but I also don't feel like that's the match we really got, per se. I mean, this was really... I mean, this is what Sean. To an extent, just doing the favors, right? Uh, you you don't. I, he, there's no way he wants to lose at WrestleMania, and he doesn't I don't want to lose at all. Well, of course, <laughs> yeah. right? But, he lays down for no one, right? But again, you know, this is this is the point where he knows in the back of his mind what's going on, right. and 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 this he just there's no choice at this point. So like, there's this thing on Shawn Michaels' face in this match. I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on this, where he just looks sullen through, you know? He, he, he doesn't have that same necessary Shawn Michaels swagger, but he still was turning the performance on physically. Yeah, the charisma's
2: not quite there in terms of how he's selling it. Right. It's
1: because because he's laying down. Well, yeah. Because he's, he's doing the job. Yeah. He's yeah. gonna do it clean. Yeah.
2: You know how your boss makes you stay late and do some shit that you really don't want to do, and you're like, fuck this job, but I have to do it because it's my job? That was Shawn Michaels in this match.
1: Yeah. I am... Um... So this this match is really interesting for various reasons, but it was an incredibly big important match because if we all remember, even if you didn't watch that raw, uh, you sure as shit heard about it when Mike Tyson came to Raw yep. and him and Austin had the fucking pull apart. And mm-hmm. it was all over TV, it was on the yep. news. It was in the newspapers when people read the newspapers. Like it was it was a part of it was a big deal. of, of yeah. pop culture and there are people who did not watch wrestling who saw that shit and went, is that Mike Tyson? Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Who's that bald guy? What? Yeah.
0: I know what
1: WrestleMania is. Maybe I should watch this. Yeah. this.
0: This was... So, you know, with wrestling, and we talked about this in the Nintendo, um, the NES episode, available in the archives, by the way, yeah. um, about how the importance of Mike Tyson to the sports landscape at that point. Because, you know, in the what, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, there are three sports in America. It was horse racing it was baseball and it was boxing. Those were, those three were king in, in the American sports landscape. Now boxing, you know, arguably was probably the biggest of all because at that time you also had the biggest personalities in boxing. Yeah. I mean, Muhammad Ali is considered probably the most important sports figure in the history of professional sports in, at least in America, maybe even around the world because that man transcended cultures, Mm. right? Um, So wrestling starts to see those guys kind of fade out, but then comes in this guy. I mean, so again, if, if God forbid, if you don't know who Mike Tyson is, first off, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Read a book. Um, but like Mike Tyson was the streak that Goldberg was, but in real fucking life, that man had a one punch power. That was the most devastating thing that anybody's probably ever seen in the history of fighting. You know, you know, minus um, uh, Frank Dune. Dune? Dune? Who's our dude from fucking Bloodsport? Dukes. Dukes. Oh, Frank, Frank, Dukes. Dukes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Frank Dukes. Yeah, sorry. Frank Dukes. Yeah. Minus Frank Dukes. You know, fastest knockout in, in Kumite history. Also in the archives. Also in the Killer archives. Bloodsport. Yeah. Um but, um, but this was real life on television for everybody to see. And now you're bringing him into wrestling where you know, he's still the baddest man on the planet. Nobody's gonna stand toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson in real life, but at least the wrestlers look the part. Right. You know? They look physically like they can stand up to him. Yeah,
2: I don't know what his payday was from WWE for this... It was six figures. ...for this short stint. Yeah. But what a smart fucking business move by Vince McMahon. Right? Because he saw the potential there of what could be and what the draw would be. Right. And then... Our isolated bubble of, you know, predetermined wrestling matches started bleeding into everything else from, like, the news and regular pop culture. And it was just, it's, it was such a weird thing, but it was so fucking smart because look at the payoff.
0: Yeah. It was big. Yeah. You know. And it's kind of funny because really in the match, Tyson almost had nothing to do. Mm-mm almost there he was was just there right he was the um enforcer he was the enforcer um but i i for whatever reason i remembered him being more involved in that match and that was maybe just my brain merging together those months leading up to that you know um of him being more involved in that match but um yeah i mean that okay you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and in a time where the legitimacy of wrestling, which is a funny thing to say in itself, was being called into question just a few months earlier. All right, we're going to bring Iron Mike Tyson in and uh, he's going to keep this shit straight. Can't fake that. You're not going to fake that. No.
1: You know, it was really cool. Um, obviously, Austin was white hot over like the the universe was ready for this. Yeah. You know, say what you want about Shawn Michaels being like, you know, the attitude era and he was attitudinal and he was the beginning of the attitude era. Like like very much the very beginning of the attitude era. But he was also around in nineteen eighty nine. You know? I remember the Rockers. You know, like, he was also around in
2: 1992. You know who doesn't remember that? Marty Jannetty. Fuck.
1: He remembers, he doesn't remember much these
2: days. (laughs) That's why he's on Twitter so much. So one day he'll just go back over and remember the things he didn't remember. When he takes a break
0: from fucking and doing cocaine. Do yourselves a favor, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not following Marty Jannetty on the socials, uh, you probably should. You're not going to be disappointed. You, you, you gonna probably learn a lot too, but you will not be disappointed.
1: It is, it is something.
0: There, there are times in our in our general group text that we send out to each other that we're just going to randomly pull in a tweet from Marty Janetti from that day. <laughs> from and that it's, day. And, and it's exactly what you think. Yep. Yeah. It's and absurd. It,
1: it was weird seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it's weird, because I hadn't watched this match in such a long time. But it was weird seeing him as an unproven contender. It was weird to me.
2: Yeah. Because, he was fighting for it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
1: it was... Even like because anytime after that, he was the dude. He was the man. He was the guy. Even if he was fighting for the title, he was still yeah. He Stone had cemented yeah, his spot.
3: This is before. He was that. still working towards and it. And
1: he's like, I love Steve. Okay, so I wanted to talk about this because you brought it up. And like the 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 who Steve Austin is. We were talking about this way earlier in the in the episode. Stone Cold Steve Austin is notoriously untrusting of people. Like the man Steve yes. o- Steve Williams right. is notoriously untrusting of other people. He's notoriously very protective of his spot. Yep. Which has caused more problems than it solved for him in his career, obviously, when he that walked away, when he didn't fact. want to do the job of fucking rocking he walked. That is walked,
0: absolutely true.
1: Right? Yep. He, and he admitted that he was wrong about that. He did. You know, but it is what it is. But to look at this man, like everything Steve Austin did was great. Like the glass shatters, his, the, the, the bad, the BMF walk. It's his, it's his, it's his sauntering. It's his swagger. It's his energy. He gets in the ring. He's and then he does like the rope, blah blah blah, and he gets right in Tyson's face. And I know, like, real life, Tyson would knock you the fuck out. Yep. But it doesn't matter because in the squared circle, you're in his world now. You're in, you're in Austin's world yeah. now. And I love how he starts jawjacking at him, and Tyson's not backing down. I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen? You know, when you're a kid, like, are they gonna go swinging on each other now? And the whole time you're thinking. Oh, what's Tyson gonna do? What's Tyson gonna do? Enter Shawn Michaels, who uh, is one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, and this is unfortunately for him a really bad time of his life. Yeah. Uh, very, you know, historically, you know, covered. You know, I'm not gonna go into it, but he had a lot of drug issues, a lot of pain. He was on a lot of pills. He was having a lot of issues. Uh, he was his own worst enemy. Um, there are some serious, interesting stories. The shit that he he would pull. Back in the day, back in, during this period. But him knowing that this was his last rodeo for a while was a big thing. And I'm sure that was also weighing on his head. Not just the fact that he was going to lay down, but knowing that this was going to be it for him. Yeah. Uh, there's a point in the match, and I want to know what you guys think. Because he's, he's moving on pretty gingerly. Yes. He's, you know, throughout the match initially, he's doing pretty. He's moving around, he's bumping all over the place. But there's one spot where I it know. starts. I
3: know. Mm-hmm.
1: One spot when he does the upside down into the turnbuckle, he while hit we're that. back into the turnbuckle, he
0: hit that so hard. He bounced off. that He really beach. hit that hard.
1: And then he starts selling the back. Oh yeah! Right after that, and yeah. that was like he just starts slowing down. Yep. And that was not the Shawn Michaels that Austin should have wrestled, unfortunately.
2: No. And I, I but think he still did he, his best. Yeah, he started <laughs> slowing down there, and then when they were going at it outside the ring, when he hit the table the announcer's stable he started slowing down even more and it was like pretty noticeable i mean us knowing you know what happens after that now watching it back you're like oh yeah that's a, a sure tell sign but like in the moment you know i don't recall what i was thinking or feeling watching it the first time when it yeah. really happened um, but it- it's now you're like man dude's back
0: is fucked well, like this, and, and again, you know, you got to remember at this point in time to everybody, this was his last match. Like there was, nobody thought Shawn Michaels was ever going to wrestle again. That's where you get the the miracle of modern medicine, ladies and gentlemen, where they were able to do a surgery on his back that was able to allow him to do this shit
2: again, right? Yeah. And, after, and do it at a high level, yeah, right? Yeah, because he didn't wrestle for four years after no. this match. And then he was supposed to come back for one match, and then the doctors are like, if you're okay with it you can go yeah if like he went, medically, like, oh, like medically this go. is this is medically yeah. you're going to be able to yeah. do this again That's pretty wild um
0: you, you saw it again like more recently with edge edge had his issues and he had to retire and then medicine catches up a little bit he gets some treatments and you know he he's able to because edge i mean we don't see edge obviously in a capacity where he's an everyday guy yeah he he's never not will. spearing
2: anybody off the ladder no
0: but we, we are seeing him wrestle, which was something, you know, a number of years ago when he announced his sudden retirement, we were convinced we were never going to yeah, see that yeah, again. Yeah, neck and back injuries are not something you fuck around no, with. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, but you, you, you mentioned to Jones about Stone Cold, you know, the, to me the glass... There, there are things with a wrestler that, that that need to work that keep the wrestler's popularity going. Number one, there's no sound in wrestling more iconic than the glass breaking. There's, there's no sound in wrestling more iconic than that. It instantly, because what follows, it instantly is a brand, right? And Stone Cold also has a great brand, yep. you know, with the Broken Skull and, you know, he didn't go into Hollywood. He tried Hollywood. It wasn't for him. He admits that you know if you go back and watch any type of interviews that he does, the podcast, which is hugely successful, um, is really his format. Like that's where he feels most comfortable being. Yeah, able to he do tried things. to do the
2: same thing that Cena and Rock, Rock and did, yeah, and it did not work for it him. just it just yeah. wasn't for him. Right.
0: Um, the finisher, right, the Stone Cold Stunner, can come out of nowhere, which every great finisher in wrestling as we've always discussed, should come organically and out of nowhere. It can be done at any point in time. You know, when there's, there's things where you've got to set people up and, you know, or, you're, or you know, I, I hate when the guys are like, you know, revving up for their finishing move. You even mentioned that Sean, last time. Even though Sean does it in this too.
1: The sweet shit music was fucking money.
0: Well, you know when he's when he's striking up the band you know, the, you know but
1: the best part about it is to my argument to that but he can
0: I, still do it without revving it up like Shawn michaels can just do sweet he, chin he music he
1: started like towards the end of his career that he it was became more of like a, out of nowhere yeah type of move, which is fine but man like 96 95 sean michaels when he was like top baby face level he just became heavyweight champion yeah cuz it was cool because the audience could get involved. They'd start stomp. I remember everybody would start stomping with him. Yeah. And yeah. the whole cr- the whole the whole building would start to shake with the boom. Yeah. Boom and he'd start slapping the leg getting ready for it. I as a little kid fucking hate <clears throat> that shit up. I yeah. thought that was fucking fantastic. I do like the the snap super kick probably more because yeah. it's a bit more versatile but you can't sleep on the stomp man you can't sleep on i that.
0: just I, because i see roman reigns do it with the with that the, is with not the, fucking the same si- i know but it's but it, it feels to me like there's that same level of just i don't want to fucking watch you sit there and just you know wait for the dude to stand up and do the thing it's just i, I just want you to like just do the superman punch
1: i don't want to do the fucking Hulk well punch. nobody does <laughs> i'm being real
0: <laughs> but like but like on the flip side of that right there's another side of that coin john cena with the five moves of doom right When when John Cena does the thing where you know the guy stands up and always does always always does the swinging (laughs) haymaker, like you know it's coming, but it's still with as ridiculous as it is to me. That still works in the context of what a match would be. It's like hulking up. I know
1: everybody. I know.
0: I know. He starts
1: hulking up. He points the finger, motherfucker. You've seen this before. You know what to do. Get out of the ring.
0: Let's yeah. just get out of the run. I would have yeah. loved
1: somebody one time to see Hogan start to hulk him and he just jump out of the ring. He just goes, Nope, turns around and just goes right Seen out. This oh, before. Yeah. he yeah. falls right
0: out. Ten <laughs> count, it's over. And they all
1: do the throw the throw the punch and he blocks it and it's always the same thing. But that's yeah. the theatrics of it, right? That's yeah. The, that's yeah. the beauty of it, right?
0: But the thing that's interesting about this version of Stone Cold is that I mean, he's still over. Yeah, right well, yeah, big time. um fans are loving him. the character is still not fully formed yet because there is always the element of stone cold steve austin that he needed that put him into the level that nobody got to we're not there yet with this and that's obviously the 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 mr mcmahon angle which we started seeing that coming up here in sure, you we know. saw that within like a couple weeks it was, like right. it was really starting to become a thing yeah because there was a void i mean who's stone cold steve austin at the height you know going to really feud against there's nobody there besides undertaker and you saw at this point in time because they only really had four main event guys in terms of undertaker Kane, stone cold and they were doing a lot of stuff with Mick Foley. eventually with the different personas dude love yeah. comes in at this point um but you get you didn't have the mid card guys yet they needed that time to be able to 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 come up um but yeah, this was this was such a. It's a good point that you mentioned too, Jones, at the beginning of the podcast. This is the transitional period for WWE. Transformative. Transformative. This is where everything that is going to happen is gestating from. Mm-hmm. This is the alien chest buster, you know, type deal that everything is going to come from. This sets wrestling up for the rest of where it is today.
1: So what you're saying is this is the xenomorph of WrestleManias. Yes. Okay. Fair as long enough. as we have it out there now.
2: Yeah. But it, it it's interesting you talk about, you know, how characters evolve over time and, you know, what we know as the persona of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And even like at the end of the match, he goes over to the rope and he reaches his hand out. And us, knowing Stone Cold to be Stone Cold, we're expecting beers yeah, to start right. flying. <laughs> and no, he just gets the belt and then yeah. he celebrates with Tyson and then he just walks out. Yeah. I'm like get the gets the Stone Cold shirt. Yeah. There, there is like I said. There, that's why I kind of said there's a,
0: there, there's an an element of, eh, kind of to this pay per view, <laughs> because again, you know the, what the what this match ultimately could have been if you had a healthier Sean, if you had, you know, I mean, where was the fallout going to be after Stone Cold? Because right. Shawn Michaels not going to be able to wrestle him again, um, because he's out. Um, and and who's the next gen coming up? It's it's stone cold at the top of the mountain, and the next people are still a few rungs away from kind of getting up there. Um, but like, I mean, is this was this the best match of the night? Would you guys say?
1: Certainly, the most important.
3: It's the most important. Um, but I'm saying in yeah. terms
0: of like wrestling and everything else, is it the best match of the night? Probably not. Um,
1: yeah, I'll say yeah. Yeah, I I you think, think I think. I, I mean, let me look back at the the card. The battle royal. Eh. The light heavyweight match was good. I mean, it was what it was. Owen and, right. and Triple H, good, but man, like it, it didn't have a lot of fire to it. But the main event had the the weight to it, like the importance to it. It had the star power to it, uh, and and then some, obviously with yeah. Tyson. The match was fast paced when it needed to be. It was high-flying yeah, when it needed yeah, to Yeah, and it
2: started out super fast, and then they knew when to slow it down.
1: It, it, they brawled when they needed to. They went out in the, the, to the, the railing, out to the, 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 the instruments when they needed to.
0: Shawn um, Michaels got a, a fifth of vodka when he needed to.
1: Right. So if for my money, it actually is the best match of the night because okay. it, it, it hit every single thing that a match needs to hit in order to be successful. It had emotion. It, had, it was up and down. It was slow. It was fast. It was everything it needed to be so
2: and it's the reason to watch this pay-per-view that's back. That's why you well, bought the pay-per-view. I mean that's that's obviously the case.
0: Um maybe maybe just because of the last wrestling like topic we did was favorite wrestling matches. Maybe I'm just a little bit more jaded than I needed you to be on this pay-per-view. You sound jaded today, man. We watched <laughs> a lot of good matches. We did watch like, we watched like, a, lot, a lot because, of matches. <laughs> well, no because, yeah, we did. I'm not I can't argue that beforehand. um no, but like because even even before picking the ones that I did, I probably watched 8 or 10 matches like for that so maybe maybe it's just me maybe it's not you guys guys it's not you it's me okay
2: Okay. sorry as long as you're Um, okay with it yeah we're okay with
0: it but um but yeah i mean this was this was the culmination of a lot of work that stone cold steve austin put into developing his character developing his persona you know um i'll sit there and talk the history of stone cold all day and i don't want to necessarily do that in this episode because we might do that in a future episode but um you know the 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 rocket was launching Man, you know the countdown had hit zero. We we're, we're putting the belt on him, and we're just going to launch this thing and see how far it goes. And man, did it, it go. fucking went! It fucking went! Because as everything that you might see in this in this, if you watched WrestleMania 14, everything that you see and watch in watching it, you have to know that it's going to get ten times hotter. Like yeah, and and not in a in a and and not because I mean because again we talk about Stone Cold that window at Stone Cold, as hot as it, as it, you know, was, and as bright as it, as it was shining at that point, I mean, how many years did it last? Just a few. Just a few. Right? Yeah. it's like Just, five, It
1: was like, not even really five years. No, I
0: know. Um, but like, that's the thing. It's like, um, it it wasn't Hogan, you know, in, in, in that time frame. It wasn't Cena in his time frame. Right. You didn't quite, I mean, you had, I mean, I, I would even argue that probably Roman Reigns right now as a bigger foothold I mean, in that. He's been around for a long time. He has now. at this, this point, right? It doesn't seem like it, but he has. No, but we're talking like him, over Rollins, 500. they've been
1: around for a hot-ass minute Yeah. The
0: WWF. Um, so, you know, that, that, that shooting star, again, use the, use the analogy, it, it burned bright. And then when it faded, not that he did, but it, also he did. Well, there was because, so many,
1: yeah, I mean, there's so many things that were going on with
0: Yeah, because 14 and then at, at 19, he's done.
1: Right, you figure. Look, he figure he was already. It's not like he was twenty four.
2: No, when he
1: finally got the break he needed. in the Right, WWE yeah, he'd lab. been around. Yeah.
2: he was already wearing a knee brace when he made it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he, man, that dude was born with at least one knee brace. Uh, I feel and, bad for and his and mom birthing he got, that. Uh, you know the the incident with with Owen at at SummerSlam, uh, the previous year. So the ticker was going. He that yeah. shaped years off his career. But I maintain. Yep. I maintain. And 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 he's even kind of acknowledged this. While, although that was an awful thing uh, that he never forgave Owen for, and that was a whole that's a whole other conversation. Howl on the insides of that, that in a way forced him to change his style that he wrestled because before that, as a chicken shit heel, he was a bump machine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very a little more reckless. Very, <clears throat> very uh, Tennessee bumping around like crazy. Top rope moves consistently. Dude could move. A- when he gets that injury. He has to slow down. He has to become a brawler now. Mm-hmm. And that fed perfectly into the persona of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. For sure. Because can you imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin not wrestling that way? I can't.
2: Yeah, if he's a fly, high-flying guy, it's not the same. Top rope, Doesn't kids. feel the same, yeah. It wouldn't be the same. That's the thing
0: that a lot of people that maybe only know Stone Cold is Stone Cold don't realize is how athletic he was as a wrestler. He was an extraordinarily good wrestler um before he kind of had to change things yes. around and it's interesting too because you know as much as we hate the injuries as to what time it shaved off of his career or what other elements of stone cold we would have gotten um if it wasn't for the injuries that he had also it didn't create the persona because right. i mean there's the infamous thing we'd be thing having where, a different conversation well there's the thing too when he got to ecw and he was hurt and he couldn't wrestle right so, and Paul Heyman was smart enough to be like, you know what? We're just going to put you on camera and you just go, you know? And that's where the, the rattlesnake, the stone cold, like was starting because he just had to have this attitude and he all he had, off. he was pissed <laughs> off. And again, when you're pissed off, a real part of you comes out, you know, the part that maybe a lot of people that you don't always necessarily can access, um, but it came out. And he was able to develop an attitude. And then that attitude was able to spawn uh, a new character. And then, of course, with the other injuries, it really shaped everything that happened. And, you know, the great wrestlers, guys, when you look at them, they're not your high flyers all the time. You know, the, the, the greatest wrestlers in wrestling aren't always the ones that, that get the spotlight. A lot of the great wrestlers, you know, like again, John Cena, five moves of Doom. Does that mean that's what John Cena is as a wrestler? No, we've seen plenty of matches where John Cena would flex his wrestling acumen and would show everybody that this dude could really fucking work if he wants to. But that's not also the role of the of the number one guy, right? So, well said. Thank you. Agreed.
1: So, all in all, great show. I mean, it was it was what it was. Uh, there were no bad matches.
0: Just bad fans.
1: Apparently really some. Nah, <laughs> I'm just kidding,
0: Boston. We love you. We love you, Boston. Make sure you listen a couple of times to this episode.
1: A <laughs> <laughs> couple of times. Uh, but I really liked it. That's why I, that's why I, really, I really wanted to cover it, because I feel like it was... It is the most important WrestleMania of all time outside of WrestleMania 1. Uh, I don't Yeah, know.
2: for a number of reasons. One, it was sort of changing of the guard, right? Uh, like we said, Michaels wouldn't wrestle for four more years. He thought he was done forever. Um it was really the true start of the Attitude Era. WWF would drop their classic logo and replace it with the new Attitude Era logo with the the white scribbly lines and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin McMahon feud would start a few weeks later. Uh, the re-evolution of DX would start Monday Night next Raw the yeah. next night. Because uh, now all of, sudden, tri- well, all of a sudden. out, Triple H. Because all of a sudden, Triple H is like really important now. Yeah. Right. Really so important. they they. Introduce the DX army. Yeah. Uh, Xbox, bring in Xbox for the first X time, night. Sean Waltman. Uh, bring the New Age Outlaws into that. So a lot of a lot of things were changing uh, in the WWF at that time, and you know, obviously for the better. It was a really fun time to be a wrestling it was fan. A t- yeah. It
1: was a time to be so uh, not busy on a Monday night that mm-hmm. you could sit and watch Raw and yeah. Nitro. Uh, un, you know, and no one was going to be like, whoa, you got to do that!" No, 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 no. This is my time to sit and watch.
0: Yeah. Well, and think about how to, as you mentioned that, right, like how dedicated you really had to be to that. There was no YouTube.
1: Nope. Mm-mm.
0: You weren't watching video clips online. Nope. The internet was barely just a thing at this stage. Barely. Very early. Um, very early internet. Um, you didn't have a DVR. Nope. So you're not recording Nitro and then watching it the next day or vice versa, right? You had to pick.
1: Uh, well, you do what I do, I would just pause record and just switch between channels. Yeah. Well custom tapes. I, I always nice. got I always
0: got really happy in the summertime because they would replay Nitro at like two in the morning and like I would fall asleep and I'd wake up. And like watch it for a couple hours, even though I wasn't supposed to. Like I just got on stairs and like had the volume. <laughs> I set up real close to the yeah, TV. Yeah, it's real low. So Jimmy Back did. didn't hear it. I had the, I was real, the volume was real low. I was real close to the TV. I always told my family, well, it's really hot upstairs because we didn't have air conditioning upstairs. We just had the window unit that was downstairs. I was like, so I'm just going to sleep downstairs. So I had everything set up and then I'd sneak into the kitchen. I would get it because my, we had potato chips at the house. That was our snack. And I just put a couple different types of potato chips in a bowl. And i just sit there at 3 o'clock in the morning and just snack and watch Nitro and kind of get caught up in what's going on there, too. Yeah. So it was a great time. It,
2: it was great a great time, time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. yeah. One thing uh, I made a note about is man, do I miss the closing WrestleMania recap videos that they used to do. Because now it, yeah. it, just, it just cuts off, like at whatever, you know, whoever wins the last match, it's a close up on them. It's like, we'll see you Monday night. And then it shuts down. Uh, they had a recap of every match mm-hmm. afterwards, and I was like, man,
3: the, logis- nice. the
2: logistics of pulling that off live, uh, it's impressive that they were able to do that. I wish they would get back to it.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that, because there was another thing that pulled at my heartstrings a little bit. It was the disclaimer, wrestling is not a joke video that they had in like, the middle of the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. where they had like six wrestlers like, I'm a four-time gold gloves. I love it. I'm a national champion at the University of Miami. You know, I'm a guy. And they're like, you know, my knee's been blown up. I've worked, I've, I broke, I'm damn near broke my neck, you know. like.
1: Not damn, but I still got up.
0: And and just kind of showing us, like, right at the end, it's like, do not try this at home. And meanwhile, Jones, As, that's is, all I was and meanwhile, Jones is like, i <laughs> going to fucking try all this at <laughs>
3: I'm home. I'm going to do it anyhow.
2: There was also a, a, a promo that they did. I think it was a little over halfway through the pay-per-view. It was an old black and white oh, video oh, of, yeah. like, the classy Freddie Blassie and yeah gorilla monsoon basically the ta- the passing of the torch yeah like, this is what it used to be in my day this is what it is now yeah uh, i thought that was just really cool like as because they were realizing it in the moment that wrestling was changing and they wanted the fans to be on board as they were as you know we were the guys and now those are the guys and we're here for it, and you should be here for it too.
1: God, I miss Monsoon. It's like I the
0: day.
2: it's like the genesis of their whole marketing campaign. Now,
0: then, now, forever.
1: I hate that. I hate, that. I hate it so much. <laughs> Jeff just said it, and you're like, "Yeah, this is great. Girlie <laughs> no, Monsoon." And then I no, say I it, and you're like, that. "Fuck that!" No, no, I hate that. I yeah, said it different. That. they didn't say that then, now, forever bullshit. I, hate <laughs> it. I know. I hate
2: it. They just said it without saying it.
1: Yes, I don't need them to fucking say it. <laughs> God damn it.
2: But yeah, this is awesome. This has been a great episode. It's always fun going back to these old wrestling shows. And it's fucking WrestleMania week. It so is we, it's we a big felt deal. this this particular show was an important one to talk about. So any closing thoughts, last thoughts from you fellas? Shawn Michael did a kick up
0: with two compressed vertebrae and one that was shattered.
2: Yeah, his ability to compete at such a high pain level is fucking impressive. He did a kick up. I can't get up off the floor at my age right now and I don't have
0: nearly those kinds of injuries, right? Like yesterday, I was sitting on the floor at a friend's house and I tried to get up and I was hoping nobody was watching me because it just felt awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and that motherfucker with three, bro- like, three broken vertebrae, basically, did a fucking kick up in the middle of a match in front of 19,000 yeah. people.
1: Listen... When he turns it on, he turns it on. Uh, I, closing thoughts, uh, it's a great show. It was fun. It's WrestleMania. Uh, and it's just beautiful seeing how many stars were being made that night. And how, And again, a year from then, how things are so very different on the landscape. All of these characters. You know, a year later, Rock and Austin are doing their thing. So it's uh, it was a good show, and I'm glad we talked about it. It was a good year. Yeah. night it was a great year.
2: Agreed. Speaking of great years, huh. what were you guys doing in nineteen eighty-six?
1: Being four,
2: playing <laughs> Legos. I'm pretty sure. So you weren't watching Sylvester Stallone as Cobra. You know what? We had HBO, so probably accidentally, I might have.
1: I, I hope. I I feel like no one's actually watched this movie before.
2: Well, guess what? A lot of people may not have watched it since. Why do you bring it up, Jeff? Because we're gonna fucking watch it, and next week we're gonna fucking talk about it. Oh shit! You know, we we've spent our last few movie episodes talking about. Really good movies that we really like. So we're like, let's go back and talk about some shitty '80s action flicks. And why not start with Cobra?
0: Oh man! And not like GI Joe Cobra. Like you're not going to turn it on, and nobody in the movie is going to go
2: Cobra. No, no Might have been better if they did. I actually have a <laughs> note In, in I, I I actually have a, a a note where I think they probably should have done that in the movie. So join us next week when we dive deep, so deep, so deep into the 1986 not-so-classic film, Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone and Bridget Nielsen.
3: Are you going to do it, or what? Uh, Nothing good.